everybody, and welcome to episode 85 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan, and joining me tonight is Mark Nadeau. Mark, how's Hello. everything going this evening? I'm good. I'm pumped. And I'm Hell drinking. Yes. I am <laughs> drinking tonight. Due to the tonight's subject matter, I will be drinking. Exactly. By necessity, drinking by yes. necessity. Yes, indeed. Oh, man. So, unfortunately, Ash has fallen under the weather, and so he will not be joining us tonight. Um, and actually, Ash is, it was scheduled to be off the next two weeks for a uh, him and his wife are going on vacation. So, unfortunately, it'll be three weeks of just Mark and I. So, if you tune in for Ash, I'll see you in about a month because <laughs> he's not coming back for a little bit. Who, but, who's the guy that background that was booing? <laughs> I, heard some I heard that too. I didn't know what that. I thought it was what's, you. What's up with that? Yeah. So tonight we are going to continue through our Scream Factory arc with a review of 1987's The Garbage Pail Kids movie. We're going to reveal which movie the listeners have chosen for us to review next week and move on to round 21 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge. And we're going to do it all without Ash, unfortunately. But. R.I.P. Ash. Wait, That's no, right. No, wait. No. No, not R.I.P. <laughs> Get Will soon. Exactly. And so instead of making you guys wait until the end of the show uh, to reveal the winner of our listener poll, I'm going to spill the beans right now. So as you all likely know, because I've been talking about it for the past two months or so, uh, we had a poll up on the website to help determine which Scream Factory release we would review for the fifth and final week of this arc. So the options again were Dark Summer, Terror Train, Cherry Falls, and Cat People. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the listeners have spoken, and thanks to you guys, we will be reviewing the Scream Factory Blu-ray release of Cherry Falls from Ooh. 2000. So, Falls, and that's with two L's, right? Falls? That, that, okay. <laughs> two L's, two R's, that's right. I gotta write this. Oh, two R's. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's no R in Falls. Okay. <laughs> Oh, so I want to. We want to say thank you so much to everyone who voted and help us uh, spread the word about the poll. It's very much appreciated. Um, so this one, like the distributor selection poll, was really close the entire time. Um, this time, though, it was only close between two options: Cherry Falls and Cat People, which okay. was obviously your choice, Mark. So um, Cat People was in the lead until the very end when Cherry Falls took over the top spot by a mere two votes. So. Uh, that's the release that we're going to be talking about next week on the podcast. So if you've not seen that one, make sure you find it some way. You can buy it off Amazon or right from Scream Factory. That way you can keep up with the arc. Um, and once again, a big thank you to everyone who voted in the poll to help us decide a winner. Um, and if I'm right, I think this is actually be a first time viewing for both of us, right? Yes. And that's why I'm hoping that there's nudity in Cherry Falls because I know there's a shit ton of nudity in Cat People. So I have confidence in our audience that they will not make me disappoint. Uh, I feel I'm, like they I'm, might. I'm at a loss right now. I'm, I know yeah. there's titties and cat people. I know, and I don't. I feel like there's not in Cherry Falls, but that's just a gut Ugh. from what I've heard. We could, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, uh, I won't be rolling with the homies if there's no nudity. <laughs> oh gosh, I need so, it, especially after I this know. last film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly right. But so, with that announcement out of the way, we also want to remind you guys you can interact with us on social media in a few different ways. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1 302 448 TALK. 
That's 1-302-448-8255. We love comments, questions, corrections, concerns, whatever. So please reach out to us and talk film to us. Yes. And also make sure you're following our Instagram account, which is obviously can be found at Cinefessions. Mark is on there all the time posting uh, reviews of films. And I'm after reading and looking at some of his reviews, I'm trying to figure out why he doesn't write uh, written reviews for the website, but I guess that'll because be between you don't Mark pay and me enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I fuck it. I'm just I'm just taking your Instagram posts. I'm copying and pasting, and I'm putting them on the website. Uh, That's what's if happening. I, if I write now. a little TM beside it, does that mean that uh, you can't? Or I, I don't uh, know. I'm Canadian. Corin. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. And you uh, you can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash cinefessions and check out a long list of past reviews and all the previous 84 podcast episodes over at cinefessions.com. And finally, we want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial, so all of our Cinefessions listeners get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle device. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. All right, Mark. So... Yes. What in the hell have you been doing this past week? Uh, not too, too much. Uh, I did see, uh, I did finish a few things here. Um, I finally uh, ended season six of Supernatural, um, which after discussing it with you guys, uh, I was actually quite happy with season six. Um, okay. It had its moments where I wasn't sure where it was going, but it ended on a really decent story arc. And I'm curious to see where season, season seven starts or goes from here. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything just because uh, I'm not drunk enough. And <laughs> people might not be uh, at the same uh, season where I'm at, but uh, it really ended in a fun way okay. uh, or in a cool way, at least, where it made me want to start season seven right away. But we're not going to do that just yet. Uh, me and Melissa, we're going to start Iron Fist. Which is uh, getting some mixed reviews online. Yeah, not heard a lot of good about that one. Yeah, so I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna watch it with you know um, open open eyes, open ears, you know, mm-hmm. open ear type of thing. Um, I'm trying not to read. Uh, well, no spoilers, but I'm not trying to read any uh, many reviews on it either. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from what I've seen from uh, the people I follow on Twitter. Um, they're not too impressed to a point where I did see a headline that said uh, Netflix's worst show yet, hmm. uh, which is that's a pretty big, bold statement. So, right, you know, because I really dug Luke Cage. So mm-hmm. for them to uh, fall from grace to uh, with uh, Iron Fist, um, you know, I'll, I'll see what uh, what I think of it once I'm done. And I'll talk about it uh, as I go along here without spoiling anything again. But, uh, yeah, so that's my next uh, challenge uh, with Melissa. I'm not going to say challenge. I don't need more challenges right now. I have enough <laughs> challenges. It's well, my la- you can use that for your next your April challenge, couldn't no, you? I, I, uh, well, no, because with my arrangement at work, I can probably bang out a season within like two, three night shifts. So, oh, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm going to do them on my own. Yeah, um, which I'll announce my April challenge in April. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm almost. I haven't watched any more Scream uh, since our last podcast. Just didn't have. What a chance episode to are you on? I believe I finished seven. If I understand, okay. okay I, the last episode was um, the hot rich chick's dad 
mm-hmm. meeting his blackmailer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're around seven, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. and then and then uh, you know shenanigans occur. Right. Uh, so that's where I ended off. So I'll be able to hopefully finish that tomorrow or my next uh, or on my next day, which yeah. will be in the past. You guys listening on Friday. <laughs> Sorry, I'm time glad, warp. Huh. I'm glad you think she's hot too, because I feel like I was the only one on the podcast who uh, thought she was attractive. Oh, geez, I'm not a, like. Yeah, I'm not a, I, I am, I, I'm dating a burlesque dancer. So for me, she, another girl's hot is cool because she'll say it's, she's hot as well. Right. Um, yeah. So this, this girl is hot. Mm-hmm. Um, still find that kind of creepy, you know, with the oh, whole, yeah. woman, you know, but <laughs> I still, know. Yeah. She, she's, she, she's a joy to look at. So I have mm-hmm. no problem with her surviving so far. I hope she continues, but I did read, um, like, okay. So I don't know if season two of Scream is a continuation of season one. Or if it's a whole new, uh, like, scenario, like uh, Fargo or True Detective. Oh. Um, do, you want, do you want to know or you don't want to know? I don't want to know. So, okay. I'll, I'll find that myself. Yeah. But I heard they're, they're doing a third season mm-hmm. and that will be a brand new scenario. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we'll see how that goes. But, Interesting. Uh, again, uh, I'm not minding the first season. I just think it's forgettable, but it's still enjoyable. Kind of mm-hmm. like a nighttime soap, you know. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, finished Supernatural. I also, this morning, as I'm getting ready for work, I finally finished on Amazon Prime, The Grand Tour, which uh, is... Never even heard of it. Ah, okay. So, it's the guys... I'm not... Okay. So, I'm not a car guy. Mm -hmm. But... uh, Me either. So, there's a show called, uh, I believe it's Top Gear. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Which is the, the UK uh, car. It's like a motoring show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's three comedians, but they're also car experts. But I think they're more car guys, but they're funny. So they've mm-hmm. become comedians. Um, so they, uh, Jeremy Clarkson, the tall one, got fired for, I believe, assaulting um, an assistant director or a oh, somebody backstage. But not an assault, but just, you know, he took a swing at the guy because he did said something stupid or, or whatever. Yeah. You can't condone it, but at the same time, you've, you fired him. Anyways. Um, hmm. So the two other guys in unison left the show as well. So that oh. got taken over by Matt LeBlanc. And I heard it's tanking. I heard it's not very good at all. So like Joey? Matt LeBlanc? Jo- Joey, yeah. I didn't even know oh, he was wow. a car guy. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. So now, so these three guys got snatched up by Amazon and they're doing their own car show called the Grand Tour. So they're mm-hmm. globe trotting, doing, going all over the world, doing car challenges and things like that. Um, it's 13 episodes, I believe the first season was, uh, 12 or 13. They're somewhere over an hour, somewhere under an hour, filmed in beautiful high definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Amazon paid big bucks for these guys and it shows like it looks really good again not a car person and i watched every episode awesome (laughs) so um so yeah so it's a comedy talk show type of thing um season two is being filmed right now should be released later on this year looking forward to that um but like they do crazy stuff like they build cars uh, that are eco-friendly so one car is made out of mud and you know and and they do these stupid you know race challenges it's really cool it's really funny Yeah, it's not bad. So that's on Amazon Prime. It's one of the few shows on Amazon Prime I can watch through my US Roku because oh, it's still okay. not regionalized for Canada yet. So <laughs> that's a bit of a bummer. Um, apart from that, I watched a few movies that I've posted already and I will post on Instagram. Um, one that I'll mention, which I posted uh, already, I believe. I did. Uh, the Night of the Hunter, which is uh, Robert Mitchum, um, where he plays a... Kind of, 
Some people call him a serial killer. I just call him a criminal that uh, takes advantage of widows for money. Hmm. Um, the reason why I mentioned this one is from 1955, and he plays a motherfucker, but a kind of a cartoony motherfucker. Hmm. Um, but this was also one of the 10 movies that was on my I wanted to watch list that we oh, started right. in January. Yeah, yeah I forgot about so that. I able, yeah, so I was able to knock that off my list. Um, like not loved, but I, I put my 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 thoughts on the Instagram, which is also on the Facebook page, so you guys can read that there. I don't want to repeat myself, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so it's still kind of cool. Um, also, I, I watched uh, Cape Fear, uh, which I posted <laughs> today, which was Wednesday. If you're listening on Friday, um, today's Wednesday, right? It is Wednesday. Yep. So uh, yeah, the, the no 19- today's Tuesday. Today's <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, holy We're shit. It's early this week. I posted this three days ago on Instagram. Man. <laughs> this is old news now. You're going to have to scroll 20, 30 times to mm-hmm. get to my post. Um, but yeah, I, the original Cape Fear from 1962. I've yet to watch Cape Fear from 1991, I believe, with De Niro. And, uh, yeah, that's the only one I've seen. I haven't seen it. I know it's on Netflix Canada. So I'm going to have that queued oh, okay. so I can watch on my iPad mm-hmm. um, whenever uh, this whenever this year ends. Um, <laughs> I have time to watch stuff I want to watch, really. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I really dug Cape Fear. Like, I did back-to-back uh, Robert Mitchum films, and I found Cape Fear to be, personally, a spirit film. A lot of people think the night of the hunter is a bit of a holy grail for horror because mm-hmm. it's such taboo material for the time that right. the film came out. Um, I, I just, it didn't impact me as much because I'm watching this with, you know, 2017 eyes compared to 1955 eyes. So yeah. what they might've found super taboo back then. Um, I just find kind of, kind of ho-hum to be honest with you. Um, you know, for a hardened criminal, um, uh, he lets things, he acts funny for a hardened criminal. Let's just say that like for that. Mm. Um, but Cape fear. So good. Um, and uh, like somebody mentioned on Facebook uh, today, which is Tuesday, not Friday, um, really, uh, Robert Mitchum's uh, Max Caddy is the origination of the Bray White gimmick that he uses now. It kind of oh. starts with this character. Uh, and then, of course, gets magnified with the, uh, with the De Niro character from the, from the remake. But uh, it kind of, it kind of, the seeds are, 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 uh, starting to grow here this is where the garden starts for uh for bray wyatt so it's kind of cool um yeah so there's that um apart from that yeah i went to a uh, local uh, c4 wrestling show this weekend had a mm-hmm. blast drank um it's funny one of the wrestlers uh one of my buddies uh, tony actually filmed it on his phone not knowing what was going to happen obviously but uh <laughs> the champion takes some tilt-a-roll backbreaker move uh gets out of the ring it slides out and he's on his back, turns on his stomach and then gets up again. <laughs> he puked. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right in front of us. He actually, I guess he got all dizzy or something or I don't know what he, he it looks like he ate soup before the match, but oh. uh, yeah. So he bails outside the ring, uh, you know, sells and then like just flops around and turns over onto his stomach and fucking pukes. It's like, wow. yeah, I can write that off my bucket list. Uh, is that what you posted on Twitter? Did you post that video on Twitter? No, I did not. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, my buddy Tony did. Uh, I didn't okay. have that on my phone. I just put the finish, uh, mm. which, again, you finish the match with an Alabama slam and a pile driver. So <laughs> awesome. Pile driver, I, I, to me, the pile driver is the best wrestling move 
ever. You could see maybe that in the Razor's Edge. But I love pile drivers. And not Tombstone pile drivers. That's bullshit. Give yeah. me a Jerry Lawler pile driver or right. a jumping pile driver. Oh, I and hard pile driver. Uh, you know. Breaking break Austin's neck. To a certain degree. You know, yeah. you don't want to talk to your chin kid, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I know why they're banned. They're bad. But mm-hmm. they're, they look so cool. So cool. So, uh, yeah, apart from that, that's pretty much all I've done since we last spoke. So, yeah, yeah. in my, myself, I was, um, so as soon as we got done recording last week, yeah, um, and I got it posted actually that it was the next day, uh, we went, uh, <laughs> to a little like getaway, uh, weekend getaway. And so we went down to, um, a couple places, but the, we ended up at Horror Hound in Cincinnati, yes. Horror Hound weekend, which was a lot of fun. So it's a horror conventions for those that don't know. And Horror Hound is a magazine, probably like my favorite horror magazine that I, that I, uh, read. Um, it's fantastic, but, um, and actually, we've ta- I mentioned it on the podcast recently because um, they run Horror's Hallowed Grounds, which is the special feature that, Mark, you don't like on the <laughs> special features. Not a fan. Um, at, not, at least not the ones that we've watched. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so at the podcast, as I mentioned last week, they had uh, Tobin Bell was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Costas Mandalore was there. Yes. Um, they had a bunch of people from Walking Dead, like Negan from Walking Dead was there, which I'm only on season four, and so I don't know him yet. He's not been introduced yet. And frankly, everybody except um, the boy whose name is slipping my damn head right now. Oh, Carl's um, boy? Or Carl? Carl, yeah. yeah. Carl's, Carl, yes, the yeah. son. Um, everybody except Carl was people that were on the C- series like now that I don't know. And okay. so – um, obviously they were very popular and everybody had a fucking barbed wire baseball bat. And so it had to be neat. It has to be Negan's thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just like, it was crazy, but it was packed. Um, and there was so many other people there. Um, a couple of people from the thing. Um, That's so cool. Wilford, uh, was it Wilford Brimley? Am I saying it right? Diabetes? Yes. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah. Brimley. Yeah. Um, but, and then, uh, What's his name? Uh, he was in um, the Warriors, also uh, Wheels. I think it was. Yeah. Or is Wheels is Wheels the black man? No, Wheels is uh, it's a Windows. Is it Windows? Windows. Yes, that's who yeah. I'm thinking of. Windows. Yes. Um, he was there. Uh, he was playing a guitar when I saw him. It was funny. Uh, but nice. there's just, there's just a ton of people I couldn't possibly name them all. And frankly, I didn't know uh, some of them because I just hadn't seen the movies they were in or whatnot. Or they were in like one thing. Oh, you know who was there? Um, uh, one, it was a random wrestler. Do you remember the okay. tag team, the Natural Disasters? Yes, was it Tugboat? It was not. Uh, yes. Typhoon, Typhoon. Fred Ottoman. Yes. Yeah, okay. Let me see. I'm going to look up his picture right now because I. Yeah. Well, um, you, mean the sh- you meant the Shockmaster. Yes, the Shockmaster. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. He was there. I was like, that's random as hell. That is um, so cool. But yeah, um, so anyway, yeah, so we got down there on Friday. We were planning on going Saturday. So I didn't print out any tickets beforehand because I, or I didn't buy any tickets beforehand because it said you had to print them out and I'm okay. out of ink in my printer and I'm lazy and ink's expensive. So fuck that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't buy it. Just figured, what'd you say? Oh, uh, just uh, PDF bitches. Oh should yeah. Be, this day and age, you'll be able just to scan a PDF or a, exactly. you know, yeah. So I, I didn't buy ahead of time, and so I was just going to get the door. And then I was in the hotel room. We were looking on Facebook, on their on their page on Facebook, and it says, um, you know, tickets, pre-sales done, but tickets will be available at the door for Friday and Sunday. 
but are going to be sold in limited quantity on Saturday. Okay. I'm like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. And so I'm reading through people talking about, oh, it's, you're not going to find tickets. Like, you, I'm going to be there at 7 a.m., blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this, I'm on vacation. Like, I'm not going at 7 a.m. to fucking yeah. get in line, to stand in line until 11 a.m. Like, fuck that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And so we're just sitting there. I'm like, Bridget, like, let's just go up there. Like, fuck it. Like, we're two miles away from the convention center. Like, let's just drive up there and see if we can buy tickets for tomorrow, tonight. And so we did no problem at all. We got our tickets. So I was like, fuck yeah. So uh, yeah, I was worried for about an hour and then we had the tickets. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because I would have sucked to have driven out there, which frankly, worst case scenario, we would have just would have come home late on Sunday and just gone to the convention on Sunday. But Saturday is always the big day for conventions. At least that's what I've seen. You know, it's always the most people, you know, so Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so we ended up getting tickets that way. And then I'm reading on the FAQ on the website that, oh, you don't have to print it out. You can just show us your phone. We can scan that at the door. I'm like, well, why the fuck wouldn't you have that on your main page? Like, PDF, motherfuckers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so we spent uh, – so when we first walked in, uh, we ended up going – the doors opened uh, to like the general – admission tickets at 11 and uh, we decided you know if you get there at 11 like the lines are gonna be ridiculous like let's wait a little bit so we got there a little bit after 11 uh, probably closer to 11 30 11 45 um and we walked in and uh like there was nobody nobody in line to see Co- there was like one person to see costas mandalore and then i saw him walking around but i was like you know what i don't want to we just gotten here like i don't want to hold this autographed picture for the sure. next four hours or whatever i walk it back to the car which was fucking like a half a mile up the road you yeah. know it'd take forever to walk to so i was like fuck that like i'll just come back later i'm sure it'll be fine so um you know then we went to we kind of just like looked at everybody saw everyone who was there and then went to the booths or the vendors rather and uh man so the conventions I've gone to in the past, like Motor City Nightmares here in, in Detroit, um, and then I went to Horror Find Weekend um, a couple times. It was in Gettysburg, which I don't think that convention exists anymore. Okay. Um, it wasn't a very big one. But those ones take place in like hotel lobbies, not lobbies, but you know how in hotels, like larger hotels, they have like con- uh, like conference rooms and things like that. Like they, they can yeah. be larger areas. That's where those would take place. This was in its own convention center, like the Sherrod. Sharonville or something shit convention center in Cincinnati. So it was a much larger scale convention than what I've seen in the past. And so just the amount of vendors that they had was probably three times what I've seen in the past. And I love that because you get just these people that are doing this incredible artwork, you know, original artwork. Uh, and, and then they, they sell it on shirts. They sell prints. Um, you got people selling movies. You had Vinegar Syndrome Table. You had uh, Trauma. Lloyd Coffin was there. Um, you had – which he's not like, – all of them. Um, yeah. You have uh, Synapse Films. Um, yeah. Severin was there. Like all these, you know, all these companies that I love buying from and they were there. Um and so you see all that and then just people selling like bootlegs, you know, you see that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my biggest regret aside from missing out on getting Costas's autograph when we first got there has to be not buying the bootleg complete series DVD of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> I was like, damn it. I knew I should have bought that, but I didn't know how – I figured the picture quality would be just garbage. So I was like, eh, forget it. Um, yeah. But I ended up uh, – so we walking through that, um, just so many different things and like some of the the art that was on sale there was just phenomenal. Uh, I was really close to pulling a trigger on this. Um, I don't know the names of any of these people. I didn't grab their cards like an idiot, but it was a Nightmare on Elm Street print. 
And I was thinking instead of buying like the cheaper $10 prints that are the smaller ones, I was going to spend 50 on this big one. You know, it's basically like a one sheet. It was like a large poster sized picture. Yeah. And um, I was looking at it and then um, just ended up, we were going to come back. So again, I didn't want to carry it. And then just ended up spending money elsewhere and didn't want to spend another 50 bucks by the end of it. Um, so I didn't do it, but uh, it was gorgeous. And then like, he had some awesome prints. And then there's other, I mean, just so many guys there with, and, and, and women there with just these amazing art skills that draw up some awesome stuff. And I just love that. I love looking at that. And I'd love to have that all over my walls. You know, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so basically then uh, we walked around and saw everything. Um, and then um, went back to get, you know, go get the autograph because we were going to go ahead to the car and then I was going to drop it off. And so we get back there and there's a note on his table for Mandalore that says, you know, be back at three, whatever, two 30 or whatever the hell time it was, be back later. And yeah. so we're like, well, let's go to the car and we'll come back. Um, and so we did that and came back and, um, you know, we were in line and for the first time all day, according to the lady who sits, was sitting with him at the table, there was a line and it was probably like 10, 15 people deep. You know, it wasn't huge compared to, like the Walking Dead people's lines or Tobin Bell's line, for example, yeah. um, which, you know, they have like the like the ropes roped off. So you're going like zigzagging in and out and just taking forever. You know how that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's 245. Costas isn't isn't there yet. And she's like, you know, oh, he's he's late. Um, uh, he's like basically in traffic trying to get back into the convention because there's so many people. Uh, but he does have a panel to do in a few minutes so he'll get back here and he'll do as many autographs as he can but when they pull him he has to leave and so i looked at bridget i was like fuck like it's already 245 the panel starts at three and it's the saw panel i'm like fuck it like let's go to the get in the saw panel and then get his autograph after if we want to and so then we went to the saw panel and it was Was packed packed? yeah but people just walked in and sat in the first available seat. So we actually kept going forward and we sat third row, like right in the middle. It was awesome. So we got really lucky. Yeah. But it was, it was packed. Like there was a ton of people there for it, which was cool. Yes. I got videos and pictures, um, stuff. I'm actually, I want to post on the site, on the website. I just haven't done that yet, or at least post it on Instagram, wherever. Um, and I need to do that. And I kind of just had been forgotten about it, but I need to do that. Um, but yeah, just listening to Tobin Bell and Costas Mandler go back and forth about, you know, what the series means to them and kind of what they what their take on everything was. It was fascinating. Um, Tobin Bell is just as thoughtful, just as, uh, I don't know, intentional. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Thoughtful, I guess, is, is the best way to describe it. As John, you know, as Jigsaw is. Uh, it's... It was like watch. I mean, obviously he doesn't do the things that Jigsaw does, but I mean, it's very clear that um, he brought himself to this role because okay. that's just who he is. Every answer was it was he was very philosophical um, with his answers. It was never a quick response. It was always very methodical. Exactly methodical. Yeah. Yes, um, and, and and I don't know. He was very interesting to listen to. Uh, Bridget was having a great time listening to him. And then when he said um, Amanda, I was like, oh my god! Like <laughs> it was just creepy <laughs> because it was just like you're in the movie. Um, and it was fascinating to hear how he got the job. He was actually uh, it was a TV show that was um, that the same woman who cast Saw actually w- cast this TV show and he played like the main character's father, but you'd never saw him in the show. All you would hear is his voice. Okay. You saw like a shadow of his face and things, but never full like on camera. And 
Yeah, and so from his voice, uh, like the the main character would have like thoughts back to his dad, telling him that he was never good enough or whatever. And so you would hear Jigsaw's voice in this television series, whatever it was. And she remembered that, and so that's when she called him in to read for Jigsaw. And okay. so he came in and read for James Wan, and basically all his audition was was just reading these tapes that he does throughout throughout the original Saw. Um, huh. And so, yeah, and he's like, that was interesting because he never really answered that question before, or so he said. Um, but I thought that was fascinating because it was clearly his voice that we think of when you think of Jigsaw, especially in the original, because yeah. he's laying on the floor the whole time. And people yeah. were like, you know, how was it like working with James Wan? He's like, well, he didn't really, I didn't really, he didn't really have much to say to me because I laid in the ground <laughs> the entire fucking movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's all I did. He said he gave me one note and it was when you stand up, think about someone who's been laying down this long kind of the fatigue that you would feel and he's like every time i watch that scene which is not very often but every time i watch that scene i remember that and you can i can see that note in my performance that he gave me oh that's um, cool yeah so are they both in the next saw film they wouldn't talk about it very much but what we did get is that legacy is a continuation of the story and frankly, I think they both might be in it. The way they were looking at each other and laughing and smiling and talking when they when somebody asked about it. Okay. Um, because the moderator was like, is Saw Legacy a continuation? And they both looked at each other, smiled, and Tobin picked up the microphone and said yes, and then put the microphone down and started laughing. So I think – the I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like maybe there's something there. Whether they're just cameoed in it or something, I don't know. But I feel like they might have something to do with the next one. You know what we should do when the new one comes out? Mm -hmm. We should do a retrospective and watch all the movies before. <laughs> what do you think? No? I think That's if Ash was here, he would have left by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just got sick all over the floor. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? It's been, I think it's been long enough that I'm yeah. kind of excited for this next Saw film. I am too. Like, you know what I mean? I am very excited for it, yeah. And then just hearing them talk about it, it kind of like it reinvigorated my enthusiasm for the series. I'm not alone in – we're not alone in liking that series. You know what I mean? And there's something else too that you go to a convention and you see the stars mm -hmm. of a movie you liked and there's a sequel. Yeah. And now that – it's like you almost shared this moment that weekend <laughs> with them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like you're not going to call them Uncle Jigsaw. But right. it's like, ah, I heard you talk. It, it, it's kind of exactly. weird. At least for me, it's kind of it's kind of different. Where mm -hmm. like I've met Tom Atkins a few times now. Okay. And when I watch his films, I'm like, ah, we shared a moment together. We talked right. hockey about a T-shirt. You know, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I enjoy that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so at, at by the end of it, you know, it was about an hour long. Um, I just decided, you know, we're not going to go back and, and do the autograph thing because it was like 30 bucks and you got to pay extra for a photo op and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, Let, yeah. I'm just going to go buy another T-shirt um, or whatever I ended up buying, which I think was T-shirts, in fact. But um, the Costa seemed really cool, um, really yeah, just like down to earth. Um, I really would have liked to meet him, but it was just such a – there were so many fucking people there and like I'd already spent so much money. I was like, you know what? It's just not going to happen this time. Um, but Tobin seemed like just a genuinely nice person. They had a really good uh, chemistry together. Yeah. Uh, they kept, they always referred back to, um, I think it was Saw 4 where maybe it was, I think it was 4 or 5 where that long, like he, he knows the length. He was like that eight minute scene where Jigsaw and um, Hoffman are talking to each other. Cause he's like, there's no eight minute, uh, there's no other eight minute scene in, in the Saw series because they sure. don't go on that long, you know? Um, yeah. And so it was just really cool. Uh, and, 
just so many it's just like he's like so many f- horror fans there this weekend i mean the cosplay was fucking breathtaking some of the shit i was seeing the m- amount of money that people put into their cosplays is yeah. really fantastic um and that's just some that's- funny stuff Cinema Wasteland is a smaller convention, mm-hmm. so you don't get many, very many cosplay people. Um, but I just, I feel uh, re-energized going to a horror yeah. convention mm-hmm. and being amongst people that enjoy horror films. Yeah. It, 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 to me, it's like, it's my Christmas. <laughs> I, feel exactly. real, I feel really horrible that I won't be at Cinema Wasteland this April. Yeah. Um, but it, like, it re-energizes my horror batteries. Because sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to watch a horror movie. I'm mm-hmm. not in the mood for this, you know? And after you're with like-minded people, it kind of just gives you that that another charge. Like, yeah, I feel ready to tackle any bad movie. <laughs> like, what we're going to talk about, you know? Exactly. Uh, so that's what I love about these events and people, and everybody's cool at these events too. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody looks scary with their tattoos or not tattoos or whatever. Right. And but everybody's really a blast to talk to. There are no assholes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, ah, yeah, I love conventions. I really do. Yeah. And just, just to give, if people, for those who haven't been to conventions, just to give an idea. So, um, photo, so this convention, it was big enough where it had separate photo ops versus going to get their autograph at the table. And so the, the sign for Negan, I feel like such an ass one. I don't remember the real name, but Negan, it's a three word name. (laughs) That's the actor. Dean Morgan. Dean Dean Harris Morgan. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dean Morgan. Um, Dean Foster Morgan, I think might be it. Is it Foster Morgan? Uh, I'll find it. Whatever. Him on his, uh, first off, when we got there on Saturday, it's already said that his line is already full. And so if you went only on Saturday to get his autograph, you were shit out of luck is what the, the, the signs made it sound out, uh, sound like anyway. Um, but on the board where it was like listing what times he was going to be uh, back or whatever, it said his – so for his autograph was $80 and right oh. next to it, it says no photos. And so to get a photo op with him is another $80 and you have to use the photo op thing. So it's ridiculous. Some of the lesser um, Walking Dead people, 60 for an autograph, 60 for a photo or 100 for both. I'm oh, like – so disgusting. I know. It's like you're making like – what, 20, 30, 40, 50? I don't know how big these characters are, grand, whatever, yeah. you know, per episode of The Walking Dead. Like, why do you have to charge these poor people $100 to come see you? Like, it's just mind-blowing. And then you get people like Danielle Harris, who's, uh, you know, autographed picture is sitting right above my head right now, who charged me 20 there? bucks. Not oh. that, that one, no. I got oh, this okay. one a few years ago. But she charged yeah. 20 bucks. I got to talk with her, and I got a photo with her, you know, for 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, that's uh, so what I like. Je- Jeffrey Dean Morgan's his name. Jeffrey Dean and Morgan. I Thank feel you. the same way because there was a Comic Con in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and I'm a big Pacific Rim fan. And mm-hmm. uh, oh, fuck, what's his name now? Um, I who played the director Child. or no, no, no. Oh. Del Toro was supposed to meet him that's last okay. year, and he was sick. Yeah, it I remember was, you talking um, about that. Oh, fuck the uh, guy from um, uh, the guy from uh, Hellboy, uh, uh, Ron Perlman. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I brought a Pacific Rim poster. His autograph was fifty bucks. Mm. Then, if I brought my own item, it was sixty bucks, which made oh, no fucking sense. And then, if I wanted a picture with him, it was another fifty bucks. Oh. So I didn't get a picture because I don't like these like scholastic, you know, high school like prom pictures. Right. I just want like take a picture with my phone at the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wanted one ten for a picture and an autograph. Yeah. So to have Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's working right now. Yep. 80 bucks US. So that would have cost me 110 Canadian for a Jeez. fucking autograph. 
Um, oh, what? So you're going to autograph my poster of Watchmen? Thanks, comedian. Right. Um, yeah, that's garbage. And then, yeah. see, that's the thing. Conventions are awesome. You know, conventions are awesome, right? Until mm-hmm. you have to pay to meet the stars. Yeah. Um, I have no problem shelling 25, 30 bucks on autograph on a poster. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that because that's, I collect autographs on posters. Mm-hmm. It's fine, you know. But to pay 80 bucks for an 8 by 10 signed, that's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And if it was, honestly, The Walking Dead hurt the consumers at conventions because they all jacked up their prices. Yeah. And because of that, everybody else is jacking up their prices. Mm-hmm. Like, I paid 60 bucks for um, Carrie Fisher back in 08, 09. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Carrie fucking Fisher. Right. I got an 8 by 10 signed by Princess Leia. Awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But would I, would I pay... 80 bucks for Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Fuck, no. No way. That's, yeah. oh, that's such a turnoff, man. That sucks. I know. That's like, I I was talking like, I don't know who I like enough to pay $80. I think $50 would probably be my max. And for that, I, I would think maybe John Carpenter would get would get $50 for me to oh, get an autograph. Like I would have to love the actor so much that yeah. I would kick myself for not getting it and not right. kick myself for getting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it... it if you're I, a working actor, you should cut your fans a break. You don't yeah, need to care. Exactly, exactly. And now I'm interested because I I met um, uh, George Romero and I actually have a, an autographed crazy shirt in a shadow box behind me um, okay. from George Romero. And he was fantastic to me. Great guy. Um, that was back in, I don't know, had to be 2010 or 2011, something like that. Yeah. And uh, he's actually coming to Motor City Nightmares, which is at the end of April. And so I'm interested to see if his price has changed since I met him last. I think I got this, I got this t-shirt and it, I got it signed for like 25 bucks and I got a photo with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's what I was shocked how cheap the t-shirt was. And he said, yeah, I'll sign it. And so I was like, Oh, awesome. Like, he, was, he was at my first convention. Okay. I think I might've paid 30 bucks Canadian. Mm. And this is in 06. Okay. And then I met him again last year. He was at a convention that Del Toro had to cancel. Oh. And I think he, I think it was either 40 or 50. Okay. Uh, so it's gone up and that's again, Canadian. Right. Um, but that's, you know, inflation and blah, you know, everything else. Yeah. That's not that bad. Really. And he's coming to Ottawa. There's a comic con in May and oh. uh, I haven't checked to see who they announced today, mm-hmm. but uh, prior to today's date or today's announcement, I got nobody there. I want to see like Romero's there. Awesome. But I met him twice already. I'm not yeah. going to pay admission to see him again. Um, Actually, I should check to see who they got. But yeah, I might even bail on the Ottawa Comic Con this year because I don't care about Doctor Who. I, I really oh, don't. Right. It's, it's not my thing. Yeah. Degrassi, I think I mentioned last week, is mm-hmm. not my thing. Oh, that's uh, right. You were talking about that. I remember, yeah. yeah. And I think Arrow, there's some uh, – not Arrow. Uh, there's uh, the, the Penguin from the Gotham show. I, oh. I just I just don't don't care. Um, but mm-hmm. okay, here we go. Ottawa Comic Con. Who do we got? Who do we got? Loading our guests. Uh, Degrassi again. I don't think they announced any new people today. What the fuck? No. Anyways, but yeah, um, I, 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 I'm not going to spend uh, tons of money um, for guys I just don't care to meet. So right, it's kind of disappointing. And then of course, the one in Montreal is usually bigger than the one in Ottawa. And my best friend had to get married that weekend. A son of a bitch. <laughs> so uh, fingers crossed that something happens before the wedding, so I, I don't have to go to Winnipeg. <laughs> Um, oh, just man. jokes. <laughs> All but, right, um, right. Yeah, I might save a lot of money this year by not going to conventions, which sucks because I do enjoy. It's funny, I enjoy going to them. 
I don't enjoy meeting some of the uh, stars because mm-hmm. I, I, I get gun shy. Um, but I love having the fruits of my waiting in line on my wall, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I walked weird. by this guy who was um, – he like pulled his – he pulled this poster out of his bag and it was a Walking Dead poster. Okay. And I mean I've never seen so many autographs on one piece of like material in my life. Yeah. The amount of money that that guy must have paid – for the amount of autographs he had on that poster is just mind-boggling to me. Like oh. he had so many autographs on there. It was insane. Well, the year they had the Dawn of the Dead reunion at Cinema Wasteland, mm-hmm. I probably spent 175 to 200 bucks on like 10 autographs. Oh, wow. But I've got – I think I've got like 99% of the cast and yeah. some special effects guys. Like my, my poster is covered in autographs. It's awesome. awesome. Oh, um, you know who's going to be at Motor City I was super excited about is uh, Tom Savini, who I've like fucking a love and I've n- always wanted to meet him and I haven't yet. So I'm excited in, for that one. Until you meet him in person. Oh, no. Don't tell me that. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a man of few words. Oh. Um, I've met him twice now because yeah. I have different things signed. Mm. Uh, yeah, man of few words. Um, if, you, if you can get a smile out of him, then you must have big tits. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, I wasn't too too impressed by the uh, by the sex machine, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you're gonna have to send me. I guess I'll have to Google Motor City uh, Mayhem because if I got if I got no conventions nearby me this year, right. I might have to drive down a few hours yeah. and see some other some other fun things. This exactly. Horrorhound one really interests me because now <laughs> they're doing stars in movies that like Wasteland's a lot of 60s, 70s movies, some 80s stuff. Yeah. Um so it's more like drive-in films. Right. But but now the stuff I grew up on is the it's the films that are really going to convention. So like I know some horror hounds or some other shows they've got like you know the the cast of like Never Know Part 4 and things mm-hmm. like that and that's up my alley. I would right. love to do those cons to meet those people because they won't go to Cleveland. Uh, well, I don't think they'll ever get booked at a Wasteland show because it's a different type of show. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd love to do a Horror Hound. I would love to do, let's uh, uh, say, the uh, Days of the Dead. I think I do two, three times a year. Oh, so okay. I need to spread my, my convention wings a bit. It'd be fun to go check out uh, places I've never been before. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I will definitely go back to Horror Hound. I had a great time. Bridget and I both had a great time. Um, let me talk about what I bought real fast. Yes. Um, and so I bought uh, at the... Severin table, um, they had um, Kathy's Curse on Blu-ray, ah, yes. which actually doesn't come out until April 11th. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to get that from them, um, spent 20 bucks on that. And then they had Two Intervision, um, which is a label I love because they introduced me to Sledgehammer, which is the worst movie ever <laughs> made like that I've ever seen. Okay. Um, and whenever I see people saying, oh, this giant Hollywood movie is the worst movie ever, I just – I want to hit them because they haven't seen Sledgehammer. Like, it is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Have you seen that one by any chance? Sledgehammer? I've never heard of it. I know it's okay. a TV show. I'm sure it's not regarding it's, the TV show. It's but. not. I will make sure you see this some way somehow. I'll ship you my, my DVD or something, but you'll definitely have to check it out. Um, but anyway, so – 
uh, yeah, I got like Mondo Cannibal, I think it was, and okay. in the land of cannibals, I don't know. I was I was on a cannibal kick, I guess. Um, and the guy said they were they were kind of in that same vein of each other, you know, just being cannibal films. So I grabbed both yep. of those for ten bucks each. So um, got those there uh, from Vinegar Syndrome. I grabbed uh, they had Jack Frost and they had the lenticular cover, like the oh, nice three D looking one, and they only charging yep. twenty bucks for it. Normally, it's you're gonna pay over thirty online. So have you seen that one? Uh, no, I have not. Oof. It's it's one of those cinematic Friday night, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's it, um, it, it is what it is. Chris really likes it, and uh, he watched it again recently and still liked it. And so I was like, well, you know, if he's liking it, maybe I'll enjoy it too. And for the price, I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Oh, have you seen Uncle Tom? Is it Uncle Tom, the one where it's the the guy from the poster? You know, the we want you for the army, and he comes back to a small town and kills people. Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam, yeah. If you like Uncle Sam, then you will like uh, Jack Frost. It's like the same. Okay. Similar, similar uh, presentation. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I've I've seen parts of Uncle Sam. I think I think I've seen the beginning, but I never ended up finishing it for I don't know what reason, but I just don't think I did. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye, Uncle Tom is a a different kind of movie altogether. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then what else did I guess? I guess that was. The four movies I bought. Yep. Then I got um, some t-shirts, which I'll post on Instagram. But um, I mean, I, I my favorite pickup was this hoodie. Um, and it was uh, f- Friday the 13th hoodie. Uh, but it's from the video game. And so it has like a picture of the video game from NES, the NES original video game of Friday the 13th on the back. And the colors on it are really cool. Um, and I just, I fucking love it, man. I'm so happy to have that one. Is that um, from, uh, from London 1888? I, uh, you know, I don't have any idea. I don't know. I didn't get any receipts from anybody. So I don't know what, I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I believe I've got that as a t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. They did have it as a t-shirt too. So maybe that's what that was. They had a ton of shit and it was all really awesome. So I would believe it if it was like a, a known website. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm never ordering from them again. Uh, oh no. The last order I had, uh, major shipping issues. And then oh. they sent me, they forgot to send me something. I contacted them and never heard back. So oh. they lost me as a Instagram follower. Gotcha. That yeah. sucks. But um, yeah, I didn't have any problems with that, obviously, because it was <laughs> brick and mortar, basically, mm-hmm. at that point. So um, yeah, and then I got a couple, um, like a Child's Play t-shirt, um, which was had really cool art. And then um, a Stab t-shirt from the, like an homage to the Scream series. Yeah, which I too. fucking love. Um, and then a Captain Spaulding shirt, which I've wanted for years because you know how I love House of Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects. Yes, I sure so, do. Mm-hmm. Got that. But I will make sure to post those on Instagram uh, as soon as I can so everyone can take a look and see what I ended up picking up. But yes. yeah, so that was that was my weekend. Um, you know, it was a ton of fun. I love conventions i just i need more money so that i can go to more because i spent a significant amount and so um that's just that's the way it goes though at the conventions i guess well that sounds like a damn good time absolutely and you saw casa's mandalore in person you might not yeah. been able to talk to him but you saw him in right. person which is he was awesome. shorter than i expected really yeah a little bit shorter not not a short guy but yeah. probably like my height which i just like from the film he seems like he's like a six three six four guy. Sure, yeah. And so, yeah, he was probably like he might have been six feet. He may have been, but um, yeah. So it was cool. Oh, very cool. 
All right, so we have a question of the week this week, and this mm-hmm. is courtesy of Chris, and I thought this was an excellent question. So mm-hmm. I am going to pose it. Unfortunately, I, obviously, this is one that I'd love all three of us to answer, um, but we will be have moved on to our next arc once uh, Ash gets back. So it's just going to be you and I answering this one. So sure. Chris asks, which movie would you like to see get the Scream Factory Collector's Edition treatment? Hmm. So I'll... Um, I'll jump in here and I'll answer first, if that's okay. You go ahead. You okay. uh, answer first and I will think about it and give myself a beer. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, yeah. So I, I'm actually going to cheat a little bit and name a couple. Uh, and I wrote down two at first, but then I thought of another one as I was going through. So um, I'm actually going to name three. But. So first up uh, would have to be the original My Bloody Valentine from 1981. Uh, to me, this is one of the more underrated slasher films I've seen, and I'd love to see it get the full collector's edition release. I want you know commentary tracks. I want loads of new special features. Um, I just feel like there could be a ton of interesting behind-the-scenes stuff for this one, um, especially since it came out right at the start of the slasher craze. And so there should just be a lot of fun stories to hear from the cast and crew and even the producers of it with the marketing and everything. Um, and so that's that one. My Bloody Valentine from 1981 is one I would definitely love to see get a full collector's edition release simply because I love it. And I think it's the perfect type of film for them to release, um, you know, just being that slasher film. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the first one I would pick. Um, the second one, uh, would have to be the original night of the living dead. Now Hmm. I don't adore the hell out of this film. Like some, and frankly, I like the remake better from what was it? 90. I think it was, um, 90, 91. Yeah. Um, what'd you say? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but it's a travesty that this film has not seen an easy-to-find, solid Blu-ray release in the States. Um, and this is another one that you could probably – you could likely fill two Blu-rays with the special features already re- – with just the ones that have already been released for it. Um, and I'd love to see some new ones in there as well. The cast is, uh, of the original is obviously more than happy to earn a buck on their reputation as they're constantly showing up at conventions. Um, so this would be a great film to see a Scream Factory release, I think. Um, the, the, so this one is more about the importance of the film than how much I actually enjoy it. And don't get me wrong. It's a good movie. It's just a bit slow for me. Um, and I usually end up falling asleep when I try to watch it, to be honest with you. Um, so I'd love to give this one, you know, I'd love to see this one with a great new transfer and just loads of features to keep my interest on what is undoubtedly one of the more influential horror film releases of all time. Okay. Um, so those would be my main two. Another one I just thought of uh, as I was writing those up was I'd love to see if they could release like a fully uncut Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Um, because that one is not available uncut in the States. I think you have to, it's, we only have the edited version. I think you have to get the Canadian, I want to say it's only on DVD. I think there's a Canadian DVD. It might be a Canadian Blu-ray though, um, that has the, the full version of it. But I think that one would be cool if they get, manage to get their hands on the cut and, uh, we're able to clean that one up. So those are mine. I answered way too many, but, uh, what about you? What, uh, what would you like to see? Well, one came to mind right away, and one came to mind soon after. Yeah. Um, so my first pick on a Scream Factory uh, treatment, I'd say the original Tremors. Oh, okay. Um, I think I've got a bare bones Blu-ray, and there's been a whole bunch of reissues on DVD and Blu-ray because you know they add to the collection every time. To uh, every time there's a, a new director video that comes out, you know <laughs> they release the complete series over and over again. Um, I would like to see standalone original Tremors, 
Give me a full commentary. Give me all the behind the scenes you can find. Give me an episode of Family Ties for Christ's sake. You know, I, I want I want the full like rundown. Like the the girl in Tremors. What has she done since? I don't think I've ever seen her in a movie since. You know, um, maybe she's like uh, Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing. Had a nose job and you can't recognize her anymore. I don't know. I want to know. So I would love a Tremors um, Scream Factory. Uh, another one that popped to mind. Well, yeah. there's two that popped to mind. Uh, the first one was Return of the Living Dead 3. That got a Vestron release. So yeah. you can scratch that off. But then another film from the same era that r- I've seen. I don't know if there's a DVD release. I'm assuming there is. But I saw this on Cinemax back in the day. And that's Necron- Necron- <laughs> Beer. Necronomicon <laughs> Book of the Dead from 1993. It's huh. a anthology with three stories all would um, it's all a lovecrafty in a way it talks about the elder gods and you know forbidden forces and things like that um it's directed by christoph gans uh, shusky kano and the third one is well brian yuzna who did mm. uh, you know who's Society. done a lot of yes exactly so i would love to see that Necronomicon, Book of the Dead, 1993. Awesome. Um, to get a Scream Factory release. I remember it being really fucked up. And just the makeup uh, looked so good. Again, no CGI. It's all practical. Um, and I believe uh, Jeffrey Coombs plays Lovecraft. And he does the wraparound. <laughs> um, Bruce Payne, which you would know as... I think, didn't he go as Alexander Payne for a bit? I guess not. Uh, Bruce Payne, he was the guy in Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes. He played the psycho. Um, trying to look at other names here quickly. And uh, David Warner's in it. Um, yeah, I would love to see that with a nice Blu-ray treatment, collector's edition. You know, um, mm-hmm. I wish there was a Garbage Pill Kids 2, but it didn't do well at the box office, so they scrapped that idea. So, <laughs> Oh, man. Like, honestly, if RoboCop 3 can get a collector's edition release, right. then Necronomicon Book of the Dead could as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know that one, but I would definitely definitely be one I would check out. If so, like, yeah, Tremors. I actually – I have yeah. like uh, – do you have the Attack Pack that has like the four films? No. Oh, I okay. Just, That's what I kind of I kind of disregard the other ones. Um, you know, once the – they become grabbers and ass blasters. I'm like, ah, fuck that. I just mm-hmm. give me the graboids. That's give me the first one. I'll watch that one over and over again because of Reba. <laughs> yeah, it was only like the, the attack pack is so cheap. It was like 13 bucks for all four films. So that's why I ended up grabbing that. But um, I have not watched any of them. I've seen the first one years and years ago. I probably couldn't tell you much about it at this point. Um, but I uh, have not seen any of the sequels. And there's a TV series for it, too. There's a complete series out for it as well. I heard the TV show from Sci-Fi Network was actually not bad. Okay. Um, I just never watched it. But uh, Yeah, I heard oh, Tremors, Fi- Tremors 5, also from Sci-Fi. I heard that one wasn't terrible either. Yeah, Isn't Jamie Kennedy in like two or three? I think he's in number three. He might. Yeah, that seems familiar. Yeah, him and, like pretty much. What see what makes the first movie so good is that you know you got Kevin Bacon and you've got Fred Ward, and mm-hmm. you've got a little bit of Bert. And movies two, three, and four, which I believe I've, I've seen, it's all Bert Gummer, you know, mm-hmm. um, which he's good in small doses or in, <laughs> in cameos or in certain segments, you know. But to have him lead the film, I, I just between that and just the fact that the production value kind of went down a bit. 
which is understandable if it's direct to video in the 90s, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, not a huge fan. Excellent. Well, thank you, Chris, for that awesome question. I think that was definitely relevant and um, I was very happy to uh, answer that. So if you have a question for the two of us or three of us here at the podcast, uh, please hit us up using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all your questions you'd like us to answer here on the show and we will do our best to answer all of them. So again, make sure you tweet at us using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust. Or if you're not on Twitter, give us a call at one three zero two four four eight talk or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any question of the week options. All right. So, as you all know, Mark. Yes? You won the Oscar challenge all because of that snafu at the end where Moonlight ended up winning. Mm, instead of yes. La La Land. So once La La Land was announced, you texted me and said, oh, congratulations, you won. And I was like, as, oh, good. As a gracious loser, I yep, did. Exactly. And then they fucked, you know, we realized they fucked up. And so then we were like, oh, never mind, we got a tie. And then we obviously had the tiebreaker on the next episode and blah, blah, blah. So you won. So moving Wait, on I, to did, our- did, did I get a text from you saying, hey, congratulations? I don't remember. <laughs> No, I'm not a great to think. I'm not a gracious winner or loser. Ah, yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) so with your winnings, you decided (laughs) that you were gonna make us watch the Garbage Pail Kids movie from 1987. So as always, there will be spoilers for this film. Not that it really matters, but if you have not seen the movie and would not like it spoiled for you, make sure you hit pause now. Go watch the film and then come on back and hit play. So this one is directed by Rob, I'm sorry, Rod Amatu, A-M-A-T-A-T-E-A-U. I'm not sure how to say it, but um, it was written by Rod and Linda Palmer. It has an IMDB score of 2.7 out of the 6,061 votes. It does not have a Metacritic score. It has a, brace for this, a (laughs) 0% tomato meter. And an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 27%, but I think that's our first ever 0%. It had a $1 million budget and a gross of $1.57 million. Oh, yeah. what is your history with the Garbage Pail Kids movie? Uh, I remember watching this, or my parents rented this, um, I guess when it first came on on VHS. I have a hazy recollection of the film. I remembered the scene where the kids were locked up. Oh, spoiler, I guess. Where the kids were locked up in the house of the ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't remember anything else, to be honest with you. I just remember them being locked up. And then remember telling myself, good, they should be. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but apart from that, I, I, I yeah, I, I've seen it once or twice. Uh, but... Uh, it's impression, uh, like the sense of time, uh, slowly evaporated in my cerebellum because, uh, <laughs> watching this with Melissa, um, I'll oh. be honest, I, 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 yeah, I know, I, I feel bad, but I actually, I fell asleep <laughs> during the movie and I, I almost didn't bother rewinding and, uh, and watching the parts I missed again. <laughs> I almost didn't bother. Oh, I'm like, blame you. Whatever. Yeah, so that that's my uh, history with the film. Yeah, I can and, also and say, can also say, uh, it's called the Garbage Pail Kids movie. I think it should be called the Garbage Pail Kids the movie. 
I think <laughs> too dirty. Exactly. Right. And I always thought it was uh what did I think it was? Garbage Pill Kids, the movie, I guess is what I thought it was. Yeah. But it's according to everything I'm reading and everything on the cover, it's the Garbage Pill Kids movie. But yeah. And what ugly cover art. Like, you is know, this the I, best it could do? This was not – I find the original cover art a whole lot nicer. I did I did flip it around because um, I thought it was good. But, um, you know, I don't hate it. I feel like it captures what – the garbage pale kids movie is and it's just like grotesque um i don't know See, ugly this is, this is one thing i don't like about these collector editions mm-hmm. is that they take perfectly nostalgic and good cover art and then reimagine it when yeah. there's really no need but, to do so but they do give you the original cover art as the on the reverse side which i like yes but the sleeve uh you know, you're yeah. first with the sleeve, and that's I don't why sleeves out. Like on Robot Jocks, for example, I don't have the slip cover for. It. I, I I keep my slip covers. I know there are people who are obsessed with them, and there are people who think people that are obsessed with them are idiots. Um, but I keep them if I have them. Why not? Um, oh, and so, yeah. I I if there is a slip cover that has the um, like the new art, then I always flip the inside to the original. But like with Robot Jocks, I don't have the slip cover, and so I kept it as the the new art. Okay. Um, actually, you know what? On Robot Jocks, I don't think there was a second. Kind of like Ninja 3, there wasn't a real yeah, like pronounced actual second cover for it, a reverse cover for it. But well, regardless. Ninja 3 and uh, in Session 9, they're not collector's editions. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. That's true because either is Robot Jocks. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and, and I think this was the first time Ash watched the film and I know it was the first time I watched the film. Um and so I've, I've never seen somebody throw verbal diarrhea <laughs> at someone else via chat before. He was, he was not happy. Like I know he's sick. Oh god! It's really somebody, a coworker, giving him the flu, or if he I watched know. this movie one too many times. Because let me tell you, that motherfucker, he happens to miss out on the worst fucking films we review. Because where was he during the last bad, really, really bad movie we watched? Yeah. Haunted yeah. World of El Super Bisto. Oh, he happened to not be there for that one either. Yeah, we, we're oh, fucking on to you, Ash. Look at me on my cruise. I can't yeah, tell exactly. Bisto. <laughs> the thing is, he, he's such a cunning linguist. <laughs> I think him reviewing these movies, he would be afraid that people would think less of him because he <laughs> nothing but efforts. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But so, you know, the Garbage Pail Kids movie, when I came coming into this, Years, I should say years ago, um, before I before this um, collector's edition, so not that long ago, I guess, but before this collector's edition came out, and I actually like looked into what this movie was. I always thought this was a horror film. Well, and it was supposed to be. Yeah, listening to some of those features, that that was what some uh, like the original uh, idea for it, at least, might have been, or that's what some people wanted, but. The producers didn't want that. They wanted this this family film, which – and that's one of my – I mean, there's so many problems with this movie. But one of the major problems is I don't know who the audience is. Who are the people collecting – you would assume it's the people collecting these cards. But I would feel like the, the humor in the film is, is geared to more like between like 7 and 10-year-olds. But then you have like 
high schoolers, like six, uh, 13 to 16 year olds playing the main characters. And yeah. so I don't, I don't know who this is geared for. Did, well, I, it's weird because you got some kids like, oh, I fart. Oh, I smell bad. Oh, yeah. I pissed myself, which was oh, so fucking gross. God, I know. Um, but then you got like guys like he's a greaser. Yeah. You know, or a fucking uh, walking uh, alligator, alligator yeah. that eats eyeballs. Right. And toes. It's not really a kid's movie. I know. Like, he, that's stores, what I... he stores eyeballs in a lunch pail. How does he keep them fresh? Mm-hmm. Where does he get them from? That's a very good question. <laughs> How does he keep them fresh? <laughs> Who, who's missing peepers here? Oh, you know? God. I know. Like, who died for his lunchbox? Yeah, it, it's 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 weird. Now, if this – so, the original uh, concept, I guess, as per uh, John Earl Buescher, who did the special effects on the movie um, – so it was supposed to be that this toxic slime got thrown into a, uh, a garbage pail that had all these broken dolls, which would then animate the dolls and they'd become homicidal serial killer dolls, which yes. sounds awesome. I want to see that fucking movie. I would love to see the concept come to life. Yeah. Uh, this is like, yeah, we're a gross Cabbage Patch Kids movie. Care mm-hmm. for us. I don't care for these characters at all. No. Like you got the dude, like the nerd. Okay, he's a nerd, so he's got yeah. glasses and zits, and, and he right. pisses himself while wearing a, a full body a sweatsuit and mm-hmm. a cape. Go fuck yourself, dude. Now, did you collect like, the cards as a kid? I had some, okay. but I don't have them anymore. Which I wish I had them because, like, they're awesome. And unfortunately, um, the uh, original artist passed away last week. Yes, I just uh, heard that. Yep. Yeah, so this wasn't – we didn't pick this movie in homage. Uh, it's just coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, the cards are awesome. Um, this movie is not. Uh, but yeah, so the, so the, so you got this nerd um, who, who pees himself. And then you got the girl with the runny nose. Oh, God, oh, yeah. It's so gross. gross. It's fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the dude that farts, that whatever. You Wendy know, the, Winston. Yeah. I, I just couldn't care less about even remembering these names, you know. Um, they're all gross kids. I would, I don't want my house, you know. Why is the captain keeping them in the trash can to begin with? We, we don't even get an origin story. I, like, that's – I know. Like, I, that's what I couldn't under – like, okay. So, the story of this is really about um, – Dodger and he's he's in love with Tangerine um, and he's trying to win her heart over and then whatever but like in terms of the Garbage Pail Kids like there was no through line there was nothing that really connect the beginning of this movie to the end of this movie and I don't I couldn't even tell you what their story was all of a sudden out of nowhere pops up this home for the ugly which I thought was what they were looking for and then they get there and it's like a prison like that's not where they want to be and well, they're looking the, for their friends there, but yes. the friends are we we see their friends, their friends murdered body drives by us. That's <laughs> unbeknownst to us until later. And it's yeah. just like what what is the story of this fucking film? What are they trying to do with this movie? And, and what amazes me is that the assistant director couldn't even tell you what the story was when in the special feature. And what is with this trash can? Like it's covered in slime. Yeah. It gets some of it gets on the captain who owns the antique store that mm-hmm. has the trash can. Like are, are are they like Fraggle Rock where or is it like the TARDIS where you go inside and it's huge but it looks right. really small from the outside? Yeah. Like how are they feeding themselves? Do they need to eat? Because obviously they do because they keep stealing popcorn and hot dogs at the movie theater later mm-hmm. on. Um, and it's like it, they're not even in it at some points. Like they don't make so noise. They don't move around. Like yeah. he moves the garbage can around during the day with no problem. 
So, yeah. like, what and, is happening? And, and who gave birth to these monstrosities? Like, <laughs> there's got to be a mo- – they, yeah. they, they're, they're not immaculately in, 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 incepted. Right. Is that a word? I don't know. It is know. now. I know what uh, you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know what I mean? Like, where do they come? Like, are, are, are they are, are they dolls that came to life and they're my children? Like, we, we just don't know. I know. And I just, they're, I couldn't believe that they don't have any origin for these things whatsoever. No background. Or, no and, background. And, and such poor design. Like, if, if you created a doll that snots herself all the time, hmm. you have to ask yourself why. <laughs> why would you do that? Oh, man. At least man. you with, like, big tits or something. Right. <laughs> or right high five. But the, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the design, I mean, they're designing them off of the already existing cards. Oh, no, no. But, I, I know. But just for the, for the film itself, I'm like, you oh, know, like, right. Yeah. They're dolls. Have, like, are, they, right. are they reject Cabbage Patch Kids? That, Justify you know, these in some way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. The, the cards are awesome. I love the art on the cards. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't like this movie. Yeah. I like, really don't. And, you know, if this can be a family film, which is what it attempts to do. Uh, it's marketed wh- that way. What is the what is the, the moral here that they're teaching? Like, <laughs> I what, don't know. Because obviously, you know, Tangerine and Tangerine, what yeah. a what a piece of shit of a character. Yeah. Because she so Dodger's getting bullied by Juice, who is just <laughs> God. What a fucking douchebag! And but you know he's the cool guy because he's got a cigarette, and it's the eighties. That's how they you know do that. Yeah. Um, but so he beats him up. And at one point, they I feel I swear to God they left him for dead because yes. they they beat him up, they chain him to pipes, and then they turn on the water. So like, what what's the goal here? He's going to drown, right? That's what you're wanting. In the sewer. Like, yeah, in the they sewer. Throw them in through a manhole. Yeah. Chain them up and they, and they pretty much pour raw sewage on it. <laughs> right. Oh, oh juice. And so she's like, I, it looks like she's feeling bad for him. And so you think that, oh, okay, this is going to be her turning on her shitty boyfriend and yeah. going with him. But then it's like something happened where they decided halfway through writing the script or whatever. Now nah, let's do something. Let's do something else. And so then she just turns into be this absolute piece of shit who's using him and using, um, eventually using the garbage pail kids to kind of further her own career. Oh yes, can, like, can we talk about that for a second? Yes, please. So she she makes her own clothes. Yes, and she sells them in, outside <laughs> of bars, dance clubs. Yeah, it's like what so the, the girls. Fuck? pick up these articles of clothing without trying them on because right. I guess one size fits all with girls mm-hmm. um, and then discovers that the garbage pill kids create the most beautiful outfits right which I beg to differ because mm-hmm. if you look at um, if you look at uh, Mackenzie Austin's outfits the uh, Dodger he wore some hideous fucking you look like fucking Michael Jackson at one point the first oh. time when he wore that coat I was like what is happening that's totally Michael Jackson but yeah. then he's got those like free glitzy tuxes mm-hmm Horrible. So, for some reason, these kids can can sew like a motherfucker. So they yeah. create all this clothing line for Tangerine, right? So that like she can then become famous. And, uh, okay, <laughs> so I, I was hoping. So, 
Okay. She, they create this line for her. They create all these clothes for her. So what is their response? This, this group of evil beings who are so clearly evil, there's nothing good about them at all. Like it's very so black evil. and white. So um, black, so white. What, what is their response to these creatures that they could exploit and use as basically like a, a factory to create their clothes? Instead of keeping them locked up in whatever they want to keep them locked up, they fucking send them to to the jail for the ugly or the home for the ugly. Yeah. And get a bounty on them. It's like, why are you giving away your fucking, your cow? It's like, it doesn't make ticket. any sense. Exactly. It makes what no sense. What the fuck? I was like, oh, this is going to be really fucked up because they're going to use them as like a, like a Chinese sweat factory. And then they sold them. I'm like, what? Like, my idea was better. Like, what are you doing? This doesn't yeah. make any sense. And this house for the ugly, yeah, for the ugly. It's like it's like a kennel, mm-hmm. and they're gonna be put to death. Right. So they're so they've already seen their friends die. Yeah. They're there. They're gonna die. But how do they not die? Well, they had shenanigans. They went to a biker bar, became friends with bikers. Oh my god! And the bikers broke them free. That's what I just wrote down. Fuck this movie. Like, what is this shit? Oh my God. I thought they, and then I thought they were drunk. And that's when I I was again, I'm like, who is this movie marketed for? Like, these are getting drunk. I just don't even, uh, I don't get it. But then apparently, in the special views, they said they were drinking root beer, which I just, I didn't, I guess I missed that or whatever. But Uh, bullshit. Yeah. I just, like, I don't know. It's uh, what is well. It, why? It, the thing is, like, okay, so why is Cream Factory releasing this film under the label? A, a great it's question. Horrific. It's horrific. Well, so it's supposed to be. Well, the way it was cured is a horror and a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's neither scary, neither funny. Nope. It's just gross, but not gross out. It's just gross. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see a guy keep farting. I don't want to see a girl keep snotting and wiping it all over the place. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see um, a guy. I, I, fuck, the nerd pissed himself, I think, three or four times. Yeah. Oh, How no, many times do I need to way see more, more than that? Yeah. Oh. I felt like it might not have been, but it felt like way more than that, at least. Like, they kept zooming in on his feet where he's pissing. I'm like, I, is he pulling that's, his dick out? Like, what's happening here? Like, why? why? It's It's gross. Nerds don't do that. Right. Well, I can't speak to all of them, but you know, <laughs> most of them don't. The other thing that really bugged me was so they have this kid, uh, Mackenzie Aston, who it blew my mind. I didn't realize he's fucking Sean Aston's little brother. Which, and and his, his family, father, yeah. His father is John Aston. Yep. His, Gomez from Adam's family. Yeah, his mom was like the president of SAG at the time. Like, what a family this guy comes from. Um, and he actually went on to have a very long and prosperous career, which makes sense given who his family is. But um, well, apparently uh, if, uh, in the special feature, there's a, almost a 30-minute interview with Mackenzie Aston. Mm-hmm. He was on um, he was on the show uh, Facts of Life. Facts of Life, yep, exactly. And, and apparently his brother was teasing him because he wasn't doing movies yet. Right. So he actually signed the contract for this film. Before his dad was able to read the yeah. script. I love that. And his dad was like, mm, after he read it, he was like, no, we need yeah. to get out of this. <laughs> and, he, and he didn't want to. Yeah. Right. So that's how bad this movie is. And, and he it's was so and he was 12. He was, it was in the summer when he was turning 12 to 13. That's how old yeah. he was. So, yeah. but he is not a mature person at this point. And his character isn't either. Yeah. And his character is supposed to be 14 years old. Tangerine, on the other hand. 
I know she was only 16 during when this was filming, but she looks like she, she's like 18, 19, 20 years old. And yeah, it creeps like me the fuck out. Exactly. Well, she is a woman. Right. And this is a little boy. Yeah. And they're trying to make this a romantic thing, a love interest. And it was just creepy to me when she was like seducing him because she was seducing him as a woman would seduce a man when it looked – and obviously it's two kids, but – she was – it came very natural to her, whatever the reason. You know why? Like, you, oh, no, you want to know the reason why? Yeah. You want to know the fucking reason why? Yes, I know. Tangerine? It's because they were dating in real life. Yeah, which blows my mind still. But and yeah. broke up halfway through production. Yeah. Love that story. He's 13, 14. She's 15, 16. She's, he's 12, 13. A 12, 13, pardon me. Yeah. 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 Like – she seems a lot more mature than him. Exactly. And that's why it was like, throwing me off so much. And and what is – because The other thing is what is their – like is she – how old is she supposed to be? Because she lives by herself from what I could tell in yeah. this like basement somewhere. So I would assume she's paying rent to live wherever it is. And does the boy have some connection to the building she's living in? Because he just walks in like it's his own fucking house. Because he thinks they're steady now, because he's helping her out with her uh, with her fashion parade. Um, it, it, so it is creepy what? because to me, I thought she was at least eighteen years old. That's plus. what I thought too. And he had a puppy crush on her, and she was yeah. she was using a kid to further her career, right? <laughs> As a fraud, and because she even draw any of these designs exactly. And Juice, her boyfriend, again looks like he's like 18 years old that's why I thought she was because she looks like a fucking woman in this you know like the clothes she's wearing the way she presents herself the way she flirts like man it was just fucking weird to me and uh, uh, just yeah every time they were like together romantically in whatever way they were together threw me off and then toward the end there's moments where uh, Dodger's character starts crying and I'm like he's crying like a little child which even makes this more creepy somehow because it's just it plays to the idea that this is an immature person how is he with this mature woman like I just don't I didn't understand the direction there's really nothing right with this film yeah exactly Uh, something else I found very creepy Mm -hmm. Uh, Captain Manzini oh okay I like the character. Yeah, I did too. I thought he was like the best character in the film. That said, how many baths did he give Dodger in his uh, in his uh, shop? I think <laughs> Dodger took like two or three baths. Like, come on, boy, let's get you clean. Does, let's get you out of these clothes. Right. You're, you're dirty. I'm like, dude, you're not his. Pa- like, I don't know if Dodger has any parents. Maybe I was going to say as well. Is that his fucking like guardian? Does he live there? What is their relationship? And why does he never go home ever but, once in this man- film? Manzini said that, oh, how long have you been working in my shop? Two to three months? And I've told you you can touch everything except for this trash can. Right. Um, but, oh, let's get you out of these dirty clothes and get you into some, uh, you know, some yeah. clean clothes here. I found that creepy. I'm like, my boss, if my parents knew, well, first of all, my parents knew I had a job at 13 years old. That's illegal. <laughs> you know, uh, at least it, it's supposed to be illegal, you know, unless you're on mm-hmm. a farm or something. Um, but two, if, if a stranger kept offering me baths, at work. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> What's wrong here? You know. Yeah. So I'm creeped out on so many levels. But mm-hmm. that's it, though. I thought Anthony Newley as Captain Manzini. Uh, he's by far the best thing of the movie. Yeah. I, I actually enjoy the character yeah. very much. I feel he's the only well-written character in the entire film. 
Yes, because like the script is not written at all. No, no, not by any stretch. Um, and I love it because Newly had a long film and film and television career leading up to this. And and he did that, things afterwards. Like he was an established, legitimate actor. And uh he even um uh Aston even talks about in the special features how you know, he would, as this young boy, would go up and listen to or go and, at, you know, do like rehearsals basically with Anthony Newley at his um, residence. And uh, he would just, Anthony Newley would tell him these stories, you know, about being in the show and showbiz. And he would, he never let on that they were kind of doing this thing that wasn't quite up to anybody's, you know, what you would think of as a standard, you know. Yeah. Um, and so he just did it, you know, but got his paycheck and went he on. He has a huge, uh, huge career as a uh, musician. Yes, yeah, I saw that. So many soundtracks. Like, he passed away in 1999. 99, yeah. But his best known for, he's got shit on the Wolf of Wall Street soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, Casino, uh, Madagascar. So, like, even, like, post- uh, posthumous, posthumous. After he died, yeah, posthumous. Uh, yeah, his work is still being uh, used to this day. Like mm-hmm. he's got stuff like his soundtrack credits on IMDb is one sixty three. He has one hundred sixty three soundtrack credits, <laughs> and they're continuing to this day. And he died almost over twenty years ago. You right, know? it's kind of crazy. Almost yeah. twenty years. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's by far the best part of the film. Right, no doubt about it. Um, I'm just kind of going through my notes here, and I love the Dodger's reaction to when she takes her shirt off. Like, she's wearing her bra, which, again, plays the fact that it looks like a fucking kid with a woman. Uh, blows Dude, my mind. I had the same reaction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this. So, was was this was this like Pepsi's catchphrase back then? We're the Pepsi generation? Yes. Okay, I figured yes. it had to be. And I'm like, you fucking sellouts! Like, <laughs> what ridiculous? Yeah, uh, Pepsi oh. was the new generation. Um, I think MC Hammer, um, Whitney Houston did commercials. Oh, okay, uh, what Michael Jackson did. Oh well, that explains uh, why he's wearing the Michael Jackson shirt. And that's when he burnt his hair off. Yeah, I remember. Well, I've heard. Obviously, I didn't see it, but I remember. Yeah, so so that was their, their catch. Um, speaking music as well, one thing of the whole, like, oh, I took off my shirt because I sold it to a girl yeah. who didn't even try it on type of right. thing. Um, when Dodger gets left behind, which I thought was weird as well. Yes, for some reason, I know. The song that was being played out uh, in the club, mm-hmm. I thought was really catchy. Oh, I don't, I remember we were talking about, I can remember the exact specific moment, but I don't remember the song. I don't know what the song is, but yeah. I'm like, this is actually not bad. It's one of the better <laughs> things of this production. That's funny. Um, what kind of is it? I want to know. What isn't is the actual fucking theme song that they use, oh. where all the guys sing together. Um, what is it called? Uh, uh, you can be a. Uh, it says, "Yeah, you can be a garbage pill kid." Is there a fucking like la 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 song that they sing when they're fucking doing uh, child labor <laughs> right. clothing? Which fucking came out of nowhere. I'm like, what the Ugh. fuck? Now we now we have a musical interlude. Like, what the fuck is this? hated it and it was once like what are you doing man yeah yeah but i was gonna wait until uh after a recap to mention this but i feel it's kind of it's kind of appropriate right now because we're talking about the song Mm -hmm. so according to imdb this film got nominated for four awards oh okay three razzies in 1988 (laughs) yes and the a sneaker bad movie award in 1987 oh my god so That's fantastic. This. So it uh, so it was nominated and lost every oh, wow. award. 
Uh, so it was nominated for Worst New Star, which oh. is all the people oh. playing uh, Garbage Pill Kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they lost oh. to David Mendenhall, who played Michael Cutter Hawk in Over the Top. So uh, Steven oh, Stallone's kid in Over the Top got oh. a Razzie over the uh, Garbage Pill Kids. Wow. The Trailer Park Boys. Same, but not same. Um, <laughs> they, they were nominated for Worst Original Song for that goddamn, you know, him. Yep. They lost to fucking George Michael from what? Beverly Hills Cop 2, I Want Your Sex. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is a song I still oh. hum to this day because I'm on vinyl. So uh, that song, the Razzies, are the Razzies a, is a fucking worse. joke. They're a fucking it's, joke it's a anyway. And it also went up for Worst Visual Effects. Yeah. Or John Call uh, Buchler, who had uh, 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 he was one of the special effects guys. Right. Um, it lost to Jaws: The Revenge, so Jaws Four. Oh, okay. I can recall Jaws Four part that uh, Marvin Van Peebles is in it, mm-hmm. but that's it. And then get this, which even amazed me even more, and kind of almost upset me. So it was up for the worst picture for the Stinker Bad Movie Awards, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. And they lost. You know who won worst movie? What? Spaceballs. What? Are you fucking kidding me? See, that's I hate that shit. Like, I hate the Razzies and all those bad movies. Like, fuck off, man. Like, how ridiculous. It's Jeez. like you need to be cool just to be cool. Like, oh yeah, exactly. I hate Ben Affleck uh, because you know, he doesn't make a good Batman. It's like whatever. Right. Like that's like, so dumb. The, the Razzies won so many uh, awards, or pardon me, uh, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice won so many Razzies this year. Yeah. Which I think is bullshit. It was a yeah. it was a good film. It wasn't that bad of a film that it's worst movie. Like, right, exactly. Go fuck yourselves. I hate right. that kind of shit. I know that's yeah. so dumb. But it's, it's interesting just for uh, especially seeing something that you know twenty years ago or uh, I'm sorry thirty years ago. Space, thank you. Baseballs is fucking awesome yeah, to think it's a classic. One as worst film over this. Right. I'll never watch this again. I know. I, I'm not going to get rid of it because it's in my collection now. Yeah. But I. Unless I want to see Tangerine take off her shirt, mm-hmm. it's the only reason why I'll watch this again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know. There's just like so much about it. That's just so frustrating. Um, speaking of, of cheesy lines, I love when she's like, oh, careful, Juice is out there after he comes in and like breaks into her house. Um, and he says, and he leaves and then comes back and says, I'm too happy to die and then walks away. And then she smiles as if she's a good, actually a good person. But then 10 minutes later, we find out, no, she's still working with Juice to fuck him over. It's like, what? I feel like they changed their minds halfway through filming and then decided to just turn into her, turn her into a piece of shit. But Well, I, I think uh, this movie was directionless. You know, yeah. uh, like, like even the special effects, the heads are weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, they were supposed to be better, but they only had six weeks yeah. to prep everything prior to uh filming so they made the heads they made the hands and then they just dressed up the little actors in their in their outfits right kind of sad thing is the director was hoping that the special effects on the heads would get better as production went along mm-hmm. but it didn't no you know um no i, I what i have to admit one gag i did find kind of funny yeah was alligator keeping uh, he kept mentioning that i'm gonna eat your toes yeah for some reason, I got a kick out of that because he was hate to anybody. Um, there was one part I wrote down. I was like, oh, it actually made me laugh out loud. It was when 
alligator. Um, I think he was going after like tangerine's toes. Like he like he like jumped, hopped across the <laughs> hopped across the room toward tangerine and was like, I don't know, almost like not singing, but just like I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you something like that. Like I don't yeah. know what it was, but that actually made me laugh. So I thought alligator was was uh, you know kind of funny at points at least. Yeah, I can't blame him for tangerine's toes. They look delicious. <laughs> Oh man. Um so Manzini like disappears for a long period of time and then he he just all of a sudden shows back up again and then runs into Dodger and he's like, "Oh, you're here early. I didn't expect you to be here." And then he's like, "Oh, and I'm leaving." And so what what the <laughs> fuck was the point of him coming back? And then I wrote down and then I realized and I wrote down like, "Why do I care? Like this is what a dumb thing to point out in a film like this." Like yeah. That's not something we need to worry about when we have all these other problems going on. But like, geez, oh, Pete. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, like you're watching this, and like I started the movie. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be great. Like I really mm-hmm. did. I'm like, this is going to be a blast from the past. Yeah. But by the end of the film, well, between my naps during the film, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I just didn't care anymore. Right. Like w- when the kids, uh, you know, they, they finally escape because of the bikers from the ugly house. Yeah. And then they go and crash the um, crash the uh, fashion uh, show. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't, couldn't care. I know. It was so long. It felt so long. I'm like, come on. Just fucking end, man. How long is this movie? An hour and 40 minutes. My wife called me about an hour in. She was getting off work. And so I hit pause. Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? I have 40 more minutes of this shit? Like, I couldn't <laughs> fucking believe it. Oh, I was so annoyed. Yeah, but, time slows down. Or it's like an hour and 37 minutes, I guess. But, um, That's so too long. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and did you catch the name of the bar? No. The toughest bar in the world. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Like, it's not funny. It's just lazy writing. I'm like, you couldn't come up with anything better than that? Well, again, you know, yeah. the house or whatever, home for the ugly kids yeah. or whatever. Like, it's just, it's uninspiring. And then, and then they're searching. They're like, oh, yeah, we got to find the home for the ugly. Okay. So they're going out searching for it. And they're like walking around the streets in the daytime, looking around. And then a fucking car pops up that's labeled house for the ugly. So it's like, how is this something yeah. that you have to search for? If it's just as fucking open as a goddamn like uh, animal hospital or what, uh, yeah. you know. A kill shelter. Yeah, I'm yes. expecting, you know, like you have to climb a mountain and then you have to right. you know, hit, shine a light and a crack and the door yeah. opens. No, no, no. It's it's a, it's a federally sponsored uh, program <laughs> exactly. where they've got, you know, like dog catcher trucks, but they're yep. catching ugly people. Oh and then God. the ugly people, you know, they got one guy, he's a strong man, he's too hairy, and it's fucking glued on hair. Yep. And couldn't you find like a, just a hairy I person? know, exactly. You know? There are plenty of hairy guys out there. Like, give me a break. And the guy in labeled in a too fat uh, cage. Yeah, Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Oh, no. I'm just fucking done. I know. I, I love the idea that the pipes underground are all labeled so specifically <laughs> that they can know which precise knob to turn to get a specific toilet and a specific hot tub. Like, what in the fuck am I watching? That's called science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I, I should say engineering. That's proper engineering. Right, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um. What else? Yeah, and I felt like the home for the ugly thing, it kind of just popped up out of nowhere in order to give the Garbage Pail Kids, uh, like, a reason for being there. 
and it, not that it succeeds because I still have no fucking idea why they're there, what their purpose is, where they came from, what what their end game, what's their goal? Like, are they trying to like assimilate into society? Or, or like, I don't, I just, why? What are well, they? What do they need? And another thing is that, you know, they're looking for their friends. So yeah. their friends escape that garbage pail or is there another garbage right. pail somewhere else? Exactly. Is there a world of these things? How do they communicate? You know, um, like are garbage pails portals to a different dimension? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you know I, what I'm looking at the most though? Like if, if you look at all the kids, as gross as some of them were, mm-hmm. I really hated the fucking greaser one. <laughs> I know. It's this fucking why. knife. I just, first of all, would the greaser really be a fashionista? Probably right. not. He probably, you know, but I just, for some reason, he really bugged me because <laughs> wh- why is he a garbage pill kid? Because he fucking likes the fifties. Uh, you know, like there's, there's nothing ugly or gross about this guy. He's just Gary the greaser, whatever the fuck he's called. Greaser but Greg. He, he's a, he's a grease monkey. Who gives a fuck? Let yeah. him go work in a fucking car shop. You know, <laughs> why is he pale? he's got the attitude. Go work mm-hmm. in a tattoo parlor. I don't know. Exactly. And I didn't, under- I didn't even understand why. The garbage pail kids were like making these clothes. And I, no, did, that's because Dodger is going to help him, them find his uh, find their friends. But did, okay, and was that said initially? Because I only heard it toward the end. I never really heard this agreement take place. It just kind of happened. Like, do you remember that actually a conversation occurring? Oh yeah, they they had whispered. They knew you were watching, so like, oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell you a specific time. Yeah. I, honestly, again, because there's no co- – oh, thank God there's no commentary track. <laughs> I know. So that's I like what I wrote down. <laughs> it's like – and as Mark I, texted, thank fucking God there's no commentary track. Oh, yeah. man. And, and that's something else. So this is a collector's edition? Yeah, oh, pfft, yeah. It's got four fucking interviews and that's it. Right. And the trailer. How is how is this warranted the collector's edition? I, I, that's what I don't Ninja get. Three had more special features. Yeah. See what so, I don't under, and I feel like there's a point where Scream Factory kind of makes a turn for the worst, and I feel like it was somewhere around the point where they released Garbage Pail Kids because they just the quality of the releases they they start doing at a point it just seems lesser. Like they don't care as much about the quality as opposed to are there people that are going to buy this, which it's a business. So I understand that, but yeah, you know, at one point I felt like I could trust, you know, to buy almost anything from them, you know, but now having seen this, it's like, Oh boy, I need to do some watching before I do some buying. I think in terms of these collector's editions, this could have been one of those shout selects that they were doing right now, like red dawn. Right. Um, It's not a fucking horror movie or a sci-fi film. Why is it? It's not a collector's edition. Exactly. To me, it's like, it's a nice transfer. Like the film itself looked good. Oh, no doubt. It's it's a good, for a film that's made in 87, it looks good. It sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a bit, I think there's a bit of, uh, of, of uh, a few scratches and things like that, but, to me, I don't care. It doesn't bug me at all. Right, me either. Um, but to pay, well, okay, I got this on a on a deal. So that when they had their sale, yeah, you know, I think this cost maybe thirteen bucks. Oh my maybe god, fifteen, whatever. Um, so thank Christ, I didn't pay fucking twenty nine bucks for this because I, yeah, I paid twenty three bucks for this last week, and I am pissed. Ugh. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I really good. apologize. That's not that was a very talking. I'm not really sorry, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I got this on a sale, so I'm not too like bummed out by me 
paying it, but yeah, I'd right. be pissed paying twenty three US. That's like thirty Canadian. Yeah, thirty bones on this. Fuck that noise. So annoyed. Um, one line I did love, and this was obviously from Manzini. Um, Dodger says, "Captain, we're retreating." And Manzini says, "Nonsense! We're merely advancing in a different direction." <laughs> that yes. was hilarious. I like that. Uh, that was very quippy. I did yeah. enjoy that. Um, I'm trying to see. I'm just going through here and see if there's anything else. Um, that kind of stood out to me as, as something really negative that I wanted to talk about or something even positive yeah. that I was able to find. But um, oh, Well, uh, so this was um, Captain Manzini's Anthony Newley's. It's his last film role. Or his, it's his last, yeah, last film role. Had a lot of TV, TV. credits after this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and funny enough, he was actually, because he's a soundtrack guy, he was actually nominated for an Oscar in 72 for Best Music. Oh, wow. It's not win, but he was still uh, still nominated. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that was interesting, and I am drawing a blank. The other th- another thing that bugged me was every location in this film felt like I was watching a film set, and I hate that. Nothing felt genuine at all. Nothing. Not, not a single one. No. It's like, man, you oh. can't – I don't know. What is funny, um, and they mentioned this in the uh, one of the interviews, so the car that Tangerine was driving, yeah, it was the vehicle of the – uh, director's son. Oh, okay. And so she's only 16. Mm-hmm. She never drove stick before, was really nervous. Apparently, <laughs> she crashed the car early on. <laughs> so you can see in the movie that the car is damaged. Right. I think when she drives up at first, uh, early in the film, you'll see like a big scrape on the passenger side door. Mm-hmm. That's because she she crashed the uh the uh director's son's car so he was not too impressed by it but they had to go on it was the only car yeah so i found that was interesting um yeah it's funny even with the special features um like one of the uh, interviews was with the assistant director my only note for that interview which was only six minutes long was like mm-hmm. meh i just right. didn't <laughs> at this point i just didn't care yeah yeah like um let me see. Look, yeah. So going going over uh, the special features here, uh, yeah. there was the effects of the Garbage Pail Kids movie, which was 11, 11 minutes, just about twelve minutes long. Yeah. Um, there was the interview with the assistant director, which was six, just over six minutes. Yeah. Um, interview with actor Mackenzie Ashton, which was twenty seven minutes. Which I did like that one. I, uh, I didn't. Long, I didn't mind that. One. It was a long it, interview. It, he is. It like, was long. Yeah. He's he's just a goofy guy. Like that's the only like he la- the way he laughs the way he presents himself it's just yeah. goofy which not in a bad way he was just like a funny guy but like just diff like I don't know just a goofy man just weird well, to listen to you're sitting down for a thirty minute interview on the garbage pill case right yeah are you telling me that you're sober for this <laughs> that's probably it that what is I absolutely do like probably though, it. that nobody is apologizing for the movie right they know it's bad. Mm-hmm. And like, and they're not afraid to say it, right? So I kind of like the oh no, it was not bad. It was you know it, we we try to find the good. No no no, I know it's bad. Yep. This was a great mistake, and I own it. And I kind of find it refreshing. Hmm. Um, trying to see if there's anything else that was in um with the the uh, special effects guy interview that I wrote down that you hadn't mentioned. Um, but I think we pretty much covered all of that. Um, yeah. At the end, he says, I wish they were killing people. It would have been more fun. I just wrote down, amen. <laughs> yeah. G- give me a higher budget p- uh, puppet master. I'll right. watch the shit out of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, dolls came out the same year. Yeah, I know. And I like dolls, dolls better. Good. And I didn't love dolls, mm-hmm. but I like dolls better than this. 
I should um, do too. Uh, the last one was the interview with the Garbage Pail Kids, but there was only two of them. So they had Alligator and Windy Winston. Um, and frankly, that was probably my most favorite uh, of the special feature. I thought it was most interesting. So um, Gator talks about how he wishes they were. it was a film more like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is actually the second person to say that on these special features because the um, effects guy says that as well. Um, and I feel like it definitely would have helped if it was more in that style. Um, but I love the enthusiasm that Winston's actor shows when he's talking about the other actors in the suits, because um, it showed that it, it, the film really meant something to him, you know, way back when, and that he had fun doing it, even though it was a very grueling process, especially for the little people, because of these costumes they had to wear, which were just, you know, giant heads and just very, uh, you know, um, consuming of them, basically. Um, but I thought it was uh, pretty interesting, not a ton to write down there, just interesting to hear him talk, I guess. But, um, going go, just another what the fuck moment, just because I have to throw this one out there too. Go for it. So when they come back, when the when the garbage pail kids come back and they're trying to, they get their clothes back from the models. They're just stripping these models down to their bra and panties. I was like, what? where does this come from? Uh, Why? You know what? In Milan, that's how they do things. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. And then she just vomit. And then fucking what's her name? The uh, Valerie Vomit vomits on them for the first time in the film. It's like, oh, it my looks like God. Fruit Loops. Is yeah. there Fruit Loops in there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm over Frosted Flakes, guys. I'm like, that's oh, gross. God. Um, and then it ends, uh, it gets close to ending at least, with <laughs> Dodger saying, uh, Dodger coming up, Tangerine, Tangerine trying to apologize, but fuck her. She does not deserve to be forgiven. But then he says, I don't think you're pretty anymore. Like of all the fucking things he could say to her, he says that. I mean, come, yeah. even with the ball on the tee, the writer still managed to swing and fucking miss. It just blows my mind. Well, oh, I man. think that, uh, that that came from the heart because yeah. they had broken up halfway through. Right? Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, he really, you know, meant those words. Right. And then, and then the lesson that is supposed to be in this movie, he says. Um, uh, this is uh, Manzini saying to Dodger, he says, as you've taught me, Dodger, you can't change the world by locking yourself away from it. Where in the fuck was that lesson in this movie? Nobody teaches that to anybody. Like, what the fuck? You can't just toss in a lesson and act like it's real, that it, this is what this movie is teaching you, because it's not. That doesn't oh, exist. Sure you can. It's so easy. Just yeah. flip into the, uh, the script. You know, oh, oh. I rewrite today, you know? Yeah, exactly. Ah, easy peasy. Man, oh man. So what let, – let's uh, – do you have anything else you want to add or can we go to uh, final thoughts here? Oh, please. Let's go to final okay, thoughts. Okay. So what is your final thoughts and your star rating for the Garbage Pail Kids movie? Um, there are two redeeming factors in this film for me or two things I, I like. One is Captain Manzini mm-hmm. and two, I actually kind of like Tangerine's look. She might be an ugly person yeah. on the outside or on the inside, but I dug the fashion – that you were it was very 80s it was yeah i did like um, that so like as much as she's a heel in this film mm-hmm. i do like the character for her 80sness um so with that in mind um i give this film one star uh half a star because of cat manzini and half a star because of katie barberi who plays tangerine that's it one star <laughs> perfect yeah yeah if i uh if if you allowed 
0.25s. <laughs> I almost want to give it half a star, but nah, I'll give it the one star because Mandini was good. Uh, Tangerine was good. I think the, 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 the little actors who played the characters, they're not bad. The characters themselves are bad, but it wasn't like, can you imagine acting one of those suits? I'm sure it's oh, horrendous. Oh, it so, has to be. So for the effort, I give this a one star. It's a one star film, which I will probably never rewatch yeah. again until we revisit this 10 years later. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So the, the Garbage Pail Kids movie is one that I'm sure somebody appreciates, even if it's just for the nostalgia factor of it. Um, as someone watching this one for the first time, I absolutely hated it. It doesn't teach a good message. It doesn't make me laugh. And it isn't even that gross compared to what's advertised in the packaging. Um, I'm really not sure what someone can point out as a positive with the film other than pointing to nostalgia. Um, the acting is mostly fine with a Manzini standing out as being genuinely good, but it's terribly written with no clear through line taking us from the beginning to the end. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It feels forced and it moves incredibly slowly. I have no idea who the audience was for this thing when it released, but as small as it might have been back then, I bet you money it's even smaller today. The Garbage Pail Kids movie is not enjoyable at all. I'm giving it also one out of four stars. I wonder what their sell rate is on this. Like how many units they actually move? That, that's a very good question. I wonder, man, I wish I had a contact within Scream Factory that could answer that within Shout Factory, you know, because I yeah. don't know. And I think it goes without saying that uh, we would both just skip this one. Because even if you're a fan of the movie, if you don't own it any other way and you just want it for a good transfer, sure, you can get it. But make sure you're waiting for a sale. But if you um, are thinking about getting it just for the special features, don't waste your time because the special features are not worth it. You have, what, less than Four. less than an hour and a half of total special features on the film. So, I mean, it's uh, – yeah, listen, I don't One of the worst collector's editions I've uh, seen from Scream Factory, unfortunately. So It's for a completist only. Exactly. Exactly right, which is what I am. And so that's why I have it. So you're welcome. Yes. All right. So let's move on to round 21 of the Best Thing the Backlog Challenge. So... This is, of course, where we try to count, conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And uh, for this feature, each of us takes a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and pick one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenge them to watch that film before the next podcast, where they will then give a quick review of the film. So, this week, just as a reminder, Mark, you watched Valkyrie from 2008. Uh, that was Ash's pick for you. Um, Ash was supposed to watch Zack and Mira make a porno from 2008. That was my pick for him. But obviously, he will talk about that in a month's time from now. If He probably won't even remember, so we'll probably just move on. But um, And I watched Class of 1984 from 1982, thanks to yeah. Mark. So, Mark, talk about Valkyrie. Okay. Um, so, apparently, I've had this for a while because I have a Blockbuster Rental Exclusive Edition. <laughs> which- Fantastic. Which means I don't don't know why movie studios did this for a while, where yeah. Blockbuster, uh, usually Blockbuster, because they were the biggest chain at the time. Yeah, they would get special editions of the disc, but they were rental exclusive only. I'm not sure if the regular store editions had more special features, because this one's pretty packed. 
Um, it's, that's interesting because I know nowadays, like if I get something from Netflix or when I worked at Family Video, we would sometimes get from the publishers that say rental on them and they were bereft of any special features. It was just the movie because they wanted you yeah. to pay for the disc to get the special features. Well, like so that's this one, there's two commentaries. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, two commentaries. There's a um, two documentaries and five featurettes. So this is fucking loaded. Wow. Um, so it is the first time I saw this. Um, I bought this because uh, when Blue Ray first came out, I pretty much picked up everything I could. <laughs> um, but I do like war films. And I'm in the minority where actually I don't mind Tom Cruise. I might not like his whole Scientology and jumping on the sofa with Oprah, mm-hmm. but I do like his films. Like the Mission Impossible movies are fun. Um, Edge of Tomorrow or Live Die Repeat, depending on where you were at the time when it's uh, Edge you of saw Tomorrow. It. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <what I> exactly. <laughs> I think Live Die Repeat's a better title, though. But whatever. No, um, I like I like Edge of Tomorrow. Really, I do. But maybe that's just because that's the original title, and I didn't like the fact that they tried changing the title for the home video release, so I could be biased. But to me, Live, I Repeat is exactly what this movie was. Like, I thought it really encapsulated the film. But anyways, um, that was a good movie, you know? And yeah, like, I like Days of Thunder. I like Top Who doesn't like Top Gun? If you tell me you don't like Top Gun, then I, I, I just think you're a liar. Everybody likes Top Gun. It's I so cool. I don't think I've ever watched it from beginning to end. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, then I will write that down. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so I just never got to see this film just because I usually buy movies in bulk and then I tend to watch four. And then I watch another, I buy another bunch of movies in bulk and then I watch even less of those and I buy more. So, um, yeah, so this one, it's based on, uh, a, uh, on an attempt on Alpha, uh, Adolf Hitler's life. <laughs> these birds are hitting me on Adolf Hitler's <laughs> life by actual Germans that didn't believe in his cause and uh, you'll find out as the movie goes along that there were multiple attempts on his life by other German soldiers um, prior to the end of the war which makes sense because his vision was pretty fucked up you would assume that there would be dissension in the ranks and apparently there was but you don't really hear too much about it this movie is about one of those attempts Obviously, it fails because he dies in a bunker in 1945. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the real thing, it, he dies in level three of the original Wolfenstein 3 <laughs> in a death suit. But, you know, there it is. that isn't in any of the history books. Right. So, um, Cruz plays a guy by the name of, of Colonel Claus von Stroffenberg. Who uh, gets uh, who gets uh, bombed, or I guess he gets hurt in a raid in uh, in the war in Africa, uh, Northern Africa, and uh, goes back to the motherland and gets promoted, stuff like that, and uh, gets recruited to um, try to kill Hitler. Um, and that's pretty much the whole film. Um, it's got a great cast. Uh, you got uh, Bill Knightley, which I like a lot. Uh, Tom Wilkinson, Terrence Stamp, Eddie Izzard. Kenneth Brahaz in it as well, uh, or Brian Al, pardon me. Um, now, great cast. I, I didn't love this movie. I thought it dragged a tiny bit. Um, I think it's because I know what happens at the end. So it's like, yeah. well, you know what I mean? Um, and it's kind of weird to see all these British actors playing German soldiers. Like, like, 
they're, they're still Nazis, but they're against, you know, Hitler. But they're still rooting for Nazis. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to kill Hitler. <laughs> so it's like, do I cheer, cheer for them? Or do I just cheer for them? Do I do anything? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a, it's an, it's an odd vehicle for Tom Cruise. I guess at that point in his career, he was trying to change his, uh, his, uh, I guess his outlook, uh, movie wise or his output. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I didn't hate the film. I thought the sound mixing was really good. Uh, even in my current state of 2.0, uh, I thought it sounded awesome. Um, the war scenes were really cool. I just don't buy Tom Cruise as a Nazi soldier. I, I really don't. Um, yeah, so I, I just give this a pass. Would I watch it again? There are better war movies out there uh, to watch than this one. Um, like tomorrow night at work, I'm bringing Full Metal Jacket because some of them have never seen it before. And I think that's a movie that should be seen. I've never seen that one either. times. What? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Dude, Full Metal Jacket is the war movie for me. Hmm. Like that is, when you think war films, I think Full Metal Jacket. Because really, it's two movies in one. Uh, you, you, it's, it's Matthew Modine. He starts off in basic training and then goes to Vietnam. And... It's too, like, the first half, it's all basic training. And it, at first, I have always thought that the first half was awesome because Arlie Emery is in it as the drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. And he is the, when I think U.S. Army drill sergeant, I think of Arlie Emery <laughs> because of this role. And he used to be one. So that's why it feels so authentic. And also, I saw this movie way too young. And this movie scared the shit out of me because I'm like, <laughs> if I ever go to war, if I ever get drafted... I am never getting out of basic training. <laughs> like, did they have the draft in Canada? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I just, I think, curious since you said it. I was just curious. But I'm, I'm just saying, just you know, if, right. if something like that happened, let, let's say that you know now the U.S. are talking about you know going to war with North Korea because of the ballistic missiles. Let's mm-hmm. say that I have to get drafted. Well, I, I'm, I'm injured. I can't go to war. Um, I have a hangnail that just won't heal. <laughs> So I guess I don't qualify. <laughs> uh, you'll have to stay with the women and make ammunition. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Fine. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. So I, I saw the movie way too young. I think I was maybe eight or nine. And it scared wow. the shit out of me. But it was so awesome. Vincent Nonofrio, I think it's one of his first film roles. He is so good. So good. But then basic training ends and then they go to Vietnam. As I watch this when I'm older, that half of the film is fucking good, too. It's so fucking good. The whole movie is awesome. Uh, mm. You have to see it. Yeah. And those that have seen it, I know I'm preaching to a choir. Because to me, it's it's Kubrick's best film. I like this more than The Shining. Oh, wow. I do. I think Shining would be number two for me. And I haven't seen all of Kubrick's... Um, okay. You haven't seen this movie? I've never seen Clockwork Orange. There you go. I said it. I said it on live podcasting. Recorded on a Tuesday, but released on a Friday. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, so to, to my limited Kubrick uh, uh, discography or filmography, I should say, um, I think Full Metal Jacket is his best. Then probably The Shining, which I like a lot. Uh, then it kind of trickles down to like Eyes Wide Shut just for, you know, Nicole Kidman. Um See, that's but, interesting uh, because I've started watching Clockwork Orange like three times. And I think the furthest I've gotten into it was maybe like 30 minutes. And for whatever reason, I just never finished it. So I've never okay. watched that one from beginning to end either. 
And um, Kubrick is one where I, I want to watch all his films. I want to go through his entire filmography. I just haven't. Like I've seen a number, yeah. you know, but not all of them. And I, I need to I need to correct that. Oh, well, yeah. that's, that's something we might correct later on all year. Exactly. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so long story short, Valky is is good. Um, I've seen better. I'll give it two out of four stars. Two out of four. Okay, excellent. Yeah, you know, I, I like I mentioned last week, this is one I saw um, in like an advanced screening. My friend won tickets or something, and so we went to it. But I don't remember much about it, uh, any specifics or anything. Um, I remember liking it, but it was nothing that blew me away. Um, I don't think I ended up ever owning it, ever buying it. Um, and I... I don't know. And I've never seen it since then. And so I, I know it's not something that really affected me in any profound way, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But and I didn't give it a score on IMDb, unfortunately. So I can't tell you what, what? that was. Yeah. But. <laughs> I, I bet you would have given it uh, 12 out of 10. <laughs> Good guess. It's just okay. I did free ticket, so I'll give it a 12. Oh, fuck. I don't even know how you register that on the website. Like, I don't know if you know code. Maybe you're Neo and you yeah, can change things. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. It's hilarious. So, uh, for me, I watched um, Class of 1984. So, this was one I knew very little about and I ended up just buying because it was a Scream Factory Collector's Edition that I didn't own and it went on sale. So, mm-hmm. I knew very little going into this one and that's probably for the best. Um, so class of 1984 is about a new music teacher at this high school. Um, it's this, I, I can't remember the name of the high school, I guess, but it's this like, inner city high school. Um, and he, he's coming in uh, and it's a very troubled high school that he's coming into. So he sees that there's a lot of problems with the students and basically decides he's not going to let them walk all over him. Um, specifically, there's this gang that pretty much runs the entire high school. Um, and they decide to give Mr. Norris a, a bit of a hard time. Well, Mr. Norris pushes right back, and this sets off a war of sorts between this gang led by uh, Peter Stegman and Mr. Norris that goes much, much further than you might expect. So this movie was absolutely infuriating from Mm -hmm. the very beginning all the way to the end. Um it sets up like it might be one of those, you know, quote unquote, teacher helps fix screwed up students to reach full potential tales. Uh, but Lean that, me. what'd you say? Lean on me. Yes, exactly. Uh, but, but that could not be further from what this movie actually is. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because I feel like the less you know, the better. Um, and you should go into this with little expectations and just let it suck you in because that's what it did to me. Um, I will say I had a very strong feeling when one character was introduced, how things might eventually play out. Um, and the fact that I was right just pissed me off so much because it's so fucked up. Um, but I don't want to give any spoilers, so I won't talk about that. Um, and, and really that's all I kind of want to say about it. Um, this one pissed me off in all the right ways. <laughs> it, it, it plays out and the way it plays out is just, it's a ton of fun to watch. It's a mean movie, but definitely worth your time. I really, really like this one. Um, and I, it's one I would definitely see myself watching multiple times. It's kind of, it's just a fucking excellent, like exploitation film, you know, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, I really liked it. So I'm giving Class of 1984 three and a half out of four stars. Wow, that's awesome. I really liked it. And frankly, I don't know why I'm not giving it four because I loved it. But uh, I'm just not, I guess. And so that's the way it is. But wh- you like this one, I would have to assume, right? 
Oh yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's very '80s, and I love that. About it. I've watched so many '80s movies the past few weeks, and I just love them more. The more and more I watch them, excluding Garbage Pail Kids. And it's Michael, I think it's Michael J. Fox's first film role. Yeah, and Michael J. Fox is is really good in it. He's kind of chubby, which I've never seen. I, I didn't really watch what's he in like uh, Eight is Enough. Was that his TV yeah, role? Family Ties. Family Ties. Thank you. Um, I never really watched that one, and he might be chubby in there just as a kid. But like, I've never seen him chubby before because like I just picture him from uh, Back to the Future. You know, that's kind of my first introduction to him, and so mm-hmm. I've never really seen him chubby, and I thought that was interesting, but. But man, the places this fucking movie goes. It's like, wow, what, why are these, why are you making these decisions, Mr. Norris? Because you're just making this worse. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I don't, this is one I would love to talk about in full, like spoilers and everything. Um, man, imagine if we did class of 1984 this week instead of the Garbage Pail Kids. Oh man, that would have been fun. You know what? But I didn't want to. I know, exactly. I, I wanted to watch the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I, I'm really glad you had me watch this one because I, I don't know when I ever would have put it on. Um, and this is another one that I flipped the cover because the, the original cover art is so great for it. I just oh, love it. Um, I love the poster for this film. Yeah, I still awesome. don't have it in my position, but I want it. I, I was just going to say, this is a film I would love to have the poster of. I would have it up on my wall. Um, I, the special features on this one, there's not a ton. Um, this is another collector's edition. Um, oh, you know what? I think there was a commentary track that I didn't listen to. I'm pretty certain there was, um, but it has um, interviews with um, the main, fe- the, the main female bad girl who is very sexy. Um, mm-hmm. I forget her name now. Uh, Patsy, Lisa Langlois, Lang- Langlois, whatever. Um, she's L A N G L O I S. Yeah, Langlois. Oh, okay. Th- I thought you or said Langlois. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but um, there's an interview with her. Um, interview with, I think it was the director. I don't know. I kind of put him on in the background. I can't remember um, exactly who it was, but um, this one was written by Tom Holland, who I, the name immediately, I recognized name and I was like, yes. what the hell do I know? Him for? Oh, and then Child's Play. He wrote Child's Play as well. So, um, yeah. And didn't he do Fright Night? He did Fright yes. Night. Yes. Yep. He did. Absolutely right. Fright Night. Yeah. So, I mean, he's definitely <laughs> a good As I good stare writer. at the Fright Night poster right in front of me, <laughs> written and directed by Tom Holland. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, this one, watch this movie if you've not seen it. This one I would definitely recommend picking up from Scream. Oh, do you own this one from Scream? I do. Yeah. But just think about it now. Fright Night, does it have a decent Blu-ray release? I don't think it does. You know, Fright Night was a weird one because it was released by, um, what's it, Twilight Time. Twilight Time, And it's yeah. a very limited edition version. Um, but yeah. then they like reprinted it and released it again. And it's sold out too, as far as I remember. Um, so oh, it's really? very difficult to find is my, without looking it up, that's kind of what I know about the Fright Night Blu-ray is that it's hard just, to find. I just have a DVD of it. Okay. But that'd be one to get a Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am special edition. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, I'm sure there's something with the uh, the rights, which is why they probably weren't able to do it. But that's how well, it that's always goes. Well, that's the too is that you know they have like a window that they can release exactly. this film. Yep. Right? So that's why you know a thousand copies between the the uh, hours of eight and six on March seventh, <laughs> right? And then they'll stop the pre-orders, and then that's it. You yeah. Know? But yeah, so that was my take on Class of 1984. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Three and a half out of four stars. I really enjoyed it. So. Let's figure out what we are watching for next week. So uh, in this, we are back to the pick for ourselves week. So we will just do that this week and then uh, we'll pick for each other next week, I guess. Um, So 
I had a film in mind because uh, we were going to stick with Scream Factory, uh, just given the 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 week here or you know the yeah. the theme here. Um, but I'm going to cheat, and I apologize because I know what you're doing is from Scream Factory. But I am going to cheat That's just great. because I don't have a ton of extra time, and so I want to watch this movie and I want to watch the special features on it because I want to review it for the website. And I uh, okay. talk about it on here, you know, just as well too, because there's different, you know, different audiences sometimes. So, um, mm-hmm. but I really want to get a Blu-ray review up of Kathy's curse because that Blu-ray is not coming out until April 11th. And so I want to make yeah. sure people know if it's worth their time or not. And so I'm going to um, bypass uh, Scream Factory this week, and I'm going to sub in a Severin film. So I'm going to do the re- the Blu-ray of Kathy's Curse. So that's my um, pick for next week. So what about you? What are you going to watch for next week? Well, I'm going to have to pick up Kathy's Curse when it's released to the masses. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to get it at Shockstock in May. Oh, and speaking of pre-releases and whatever, mm-hmm. so uh, Vinegar Syndrome, uh, I've already pre-ordered it. But on their website, they have a pre-order for Psycho Cop 2. Yeah. Get Psycho Cop 2. A satanic cop kills people in the high rise. Think of uh Tom Atkins, uh, right? Uh, no, no. It's uh, it's a it's a Pittsburgh actor. Uh let me just find it. Oh, here. I'm thinking what am I th- oh, I'm thinking of Maniac Cop. Is that Tom Atkins? Oh yeah, uh, this is Psycho Cop. Yes, okay. this is Psycho Cop 2, which is even better. Um I I think so. Uh, Robert Schaefer? Is that his name? Let yeah, Officer Joe here. Vickers. Yes, Joe Vickers, Bobby Ray Schaefer. Fuck, is this good? Now, hmm. there is a heavily edited version of this film on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Vinegar Syndrome has it unfucking cut. Oh, nice. And I remember seeing this on Cinemax back in the day because I like to watch movies with boobies and gore. That's and right. there's Julie Strains in it, so you know it's going to be good boobies. <laughs> and there's some gory, satanic gore. As a crazy cop killing people after hours in a high rise, so think, think uh, Maniac Cop meets Die Hard, and this is the film. Worth awesome. it. It so, is so worth it. I think I paid like, and I'm usually I get these movies at Cinema Wasteland, but mm-hmm. since they uh, since I won't be there, and I want to make sure I get a copy because that's the thing with like Severin and Vinegar Syndrome, they release these movies. They're so limited. Like a few of the ones I, I reviewed um, for my first A to Z challenge or A yeah. to Z, sorry. Um, they're worth <laughs> like 150 bucks now on the secondary market. Wow. And I got them for like 15 bucks mm-hmm. at the show. So like if you're at a show and you have a table for Severin and Vinegar Syndrome, buy a copy of everything because <laughs> they're going to go up in price because they're so limited edition. So I bought uh, – let me go back here from – I bought this on the fourth uh, of March. I got my pre-order in for Psycho Cop Returns or Psycho Cop Two with a limited edition old card, which I believe is just a sleeve. It still cost me twenty eight eighty eight US, but this movie is fucking worth it. It is so good. Um, so yeah, uh, when I do get it, I am probably going to uh, review it uh, next year, I guess, uh, right. because I don't have time. <laughs> but anyways, but. It is, it is awesome. This gives – I have a – if I had a stamp to approve things, it, it'd be covered in stamps. Like That's this is fucking – if you like the movies that I've liked so far on the podcast, um, you will enjoy this one like crazy. Hmm. So uh, for my um, backlog challenge for the uh, week, uh, I am going to uh, pick another Scream Factory film, which I've never seen before, obviously. And this is from 
Rene Harlan, who did Lanka's Good Night, and I believe Naimanovsky Part 4 or Part 5. I think it's Part 4. Oh, okay. um, and it stars Viggo Mortensen in Prison. The movie is called Prison. Uh came out in 88. This Blu-ray got released in 2013, I believe. Um, yeah, so this is my pick. I'm going to check it out. I know very little of it, so we'll see how it goes. Perfect. Yeah, fantastic. I, that's another one I own and haven't seen as well. So I'll definitely be interested to hear what your thoughts on it. Um, and speaking of vinegar yeah. syndrome, so um, do you know, is, have you, without, you don't have to research it, but do you know if Psycho Cop, the original, is available at all on Blu-ray? No, I don't think okay. so. Okay. I'm just, I was just curious. I, um, I would I've definitely get it. I've the original. I am I've on the original Psycho Cop. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I, and they actually have a pre-order up for that still, and it's like the they you can actually get both the Blu-rays that are coming out that month for like forty something dollars. But I am on a spending freeze right now just for financial reasons, so mm-hmm. I spent a lot this past weekend and just everything. So we just need to I just need to stop, and so I am on a, yeah. a freeze right now. But um, uh, I did, and another reason I spent so much was because Vinegar Syndrome was having a sale online. The, this past weekend also and so a lot of the releases that are 25 bucks were down to 15 um and so Ooh. i ended up buying um hobgoblins nightmare sisters which is with uh linea quigley and then yes. taboo and taboo two and three which is a Ooh. combo are you going to review that for the podcast mm-hmm. oh man i sure hope so I believe I have Taboo, but I don't have the Taboo 2 and 3. Okay. Yeah. And they actually tab- – they have Taboo 4 also. I was like, man, I don't know anything about these Taboo movies, but we're going to get them. They were cheap. I'm like, why the hell not? So – Yeah. Well, what we should do is we'll watch them together with their pants off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, nothing sounds more exciting to me. So that's perfect. I will drive down to do that. <laughs> All right. So just to recap, you are watching okay, Prison dude. from 1987 <laughs> and I am watching Kathy's Curse from 1977. So that's exciting. So that is going to do it for this week. So we are going to be back next week with a review of the listener choice winner of Cherry Falls from 2000. And I think it was very fitting that we had probably one of our more elaborate and in-depth reviews that we've ever had on the show, I feel like, with Session 9 two weeks ago. And then we get fucking um, uh, Garbage Pail Kids this week. But... Frankly, I was surprised how much we were able to talk about it. So I'm very happy that we're still running in at a, a normal length this week because we yeah. were worried that it was going to be like a 10-minute show. So <laughs> I, exactly, I expected maybe like an hour podcast right. and we're over the two-hour mark right now. Yeah. So yay us. Exactly. We can talk. Good for us. Yes. <laughs> oh, I right. babble. Yeah. I'm more of a babbler. Oh, I hear you there. Me too. Mm. So if you have any questions for the three of us here at the Cinefessions Podcast, please hit us up using that hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all your questions you'd like us to answer, and we'll do our best to answer all of them. So again, make sure you tweet at us using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust, and if for some reason you're not on Twitter, call us at 1-302-448-TALK, and you have to use that one in order to get the voicemail, or email us at contact at Cinefessions.com for any question of the week options. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us reach a larger audience, which is always the goal. And we appreciate you taking the time to do that. And just as a reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We'd love to interact with all of our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following on all three of those platforms. And also, Mark, where can we find you online? You can find me on Instagram at uh, mnado 2 I'm on Twitter at uh, Mark underscore Nadeau, 
and I've recently uh, unlocked my uh, my Facebook. So oh, uh, get in while the kitten's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, why why am I why am I keeping this private when I'm you know just sharing the cool stuff I'm doing and whatnot? Right. So whatever. So if now I'm not gonna let ever anybody just become a friend type of thing. I guess mm-hmm. you could create me if you want to, but. Uh, if I don't know you and you're a fan of the podcast, let me know uh, because usually uh, profiles with like four friends and none of them speak English. <laughs> I usually don't say yes just because I think that it's a uh, fraud account. Right. Um, so if you're a fan of the show, drop me a line. Let me know and we will uh, we'll creep each other's Facebooks. It'll be fun. Hell Yeah. Yeah. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. All right. So, Mark, thanks for joining me tonight. It was a lot of fun talking Garbage Pail Kids and all the other shit we talked. More than I expected. Exactly. Exactly (laughs) right. So, all right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the 85th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 